What's up, everybody? This is AJ Kirsch, one half of the MLW commentary team and the voice of Buzz in WWE 2K19. And congratulations to WPOV Global on 100 episodes. Hey, everybody, this is Lone Wolf Andy Anderson, your favorite WPOV podcast person. And I just want to send a big congratulations out to WPOV Global on its 100th episode. Way to go, guys. Hello, I'm Chief Atticula Kula, and I want to congratulate WPOV on your 100th episode. This is the nifty but shifty shaman of shindig, the prince of passion, Kenny Casanova. I'm an author of a bunch of wrestling books. You can check them out at wohw.com. But most importantly, I want to congratulate Global on their 100th episode. It's a major milestone and much props. Hey, this is Raven Lake. I just want to take a moment and congratulate WPOB Global on 100 episodes. Way to go, guys. This is the Jurassic Juggernaut, the best big man in the business, Vince Steele. And I want to give a congratulations to WPOV Global, the number one podcast that's out. Because you guys deserve it. And here's to you for another 100 episodes to come. Hey, I'm Sabio Vega, and I'm happy to be part of the 100 episode. Congratulations, guys. Recuerda, esto es a mi manera o para calle. Hey, fans. Welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me, my co-host as always, the gentleman Elio Canella. Elio, welcome to the show. Good to be here. And our reoccurring guest, the lone wolf, Andy Anderson. Pleasure to be here, as always. And I have some imports coming over from quarantine. We have <laughs> the lovely Raven Lake. Hello. And I guess I was, you know, it is the anniversary show and it was bottom of the barrel for guests. So we got the WPOV <laughs> boys on. We have Tony Diaz and Rick Serrano third. Where's Miguel? Hey, people. Hey, listen, Miguel, it's too late for Miguel. I but love I do that have guy. to say, as, as the person who was on the first ever episode of Wrestling POV Global, I am so shocked that you guys made it to 100. I don't know how you guys did it, but you guys did it. So let me be the first to say congratulations, guys. This is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's been a long 100. Uh, this is the 100th episode. Um People who have known, I had started at episode one. I have missed one episode, so I'm only technically have done nine. That's the one. I, that's the one I filled in for. Right, and Elio, <laughs> you came it. in one. Then why is this the one hundredth episode then? Because we started hundred shows, man. You guys haven't been on every show. You guys went a month where you're all like, "We're super." <laughs> if you, if you, if you had the if you had the other co-host, you wouldn't have been in past episode two. Oh, all right, Elio. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Take it easy. First of all, me and Rick, we show up and then Elio gets all ghetto and shit with us. He gets Canadian ghetto with us. What the fuck is going on? That's Winnipeg. Winnipeg's the Canadian ghetto. That's some Montreal shit right there. What did you guys do? There's only screw jobs in Montreal. There's only screw jobs in Montreal. Way to bring it back to wrestling. No. Someone's got to keep everybody on topic. <laughs> Holy shit. The audacity. Guys, 
You guys, we missed the most obvious thing here. We missed the most obvious thing, guys. 100th episode, I should have sent Magic Mike an invite and tell him that we were letting him back on the show. Oh, <laughs> and put him man. off five minutes into the show. Magic Mike's magic ran out after three episodes. Uh, more like two. Remember the second episode he didn't want to even do it? Yeah. yeah. I, so I'm sorry because I was not here that early. Who is Magic Mike? All oh, right, boys, explain Mike. this one, please. Magic Mike was a former co-host of Wrestling POV Global. Uh, he was a huge fan of Wrestling POV Podcast, and it was an oversight on us. We didn't give him the psychological evaluation that we gave uh, TJ and Elio. I don't know how they did it, but um, they paid better, actually. Um, but uh, Magic Mike, he basically head blew up yeah. after one episode, and try to take TJ and do oh, their own geez. podcast after one episode. Yeah, we don't need these guys. We can like, do this on our own. Guys. We can yeah. do it on our own. <laughs> Try running off. Well, we did survive, though, to 100 episodes, including one wacky episode we had to throw in there for you people, which was a time travel one, which I guess basically, actually, we did 101 episodes then, including this one, because we thought we were missing an episode. And it was just a, a misnumbering in the first few. We did this ah. fill-in episode that didn't actually need to be filled in. So, but anyways, this is our hundred official because that one was a weird time travel thing where we got to meet Elio's the, grandfather. You know what? That time traveled one. Um, I got word from the wrestling POV president was yes. the most viewed uh, show. No way! Oh. Yeah. No way! That sucks. It wasn't even me and Elio. Our, yeah. gra our grandfathers. Oh. That, that was the most viewed show. <laughs> of course, it would be. You, you don't even me. want to know the numbers either. It's, you, get, you probably closed the show right now. No, no, we're just, <laughs> we're just all gonna come back next week as uh, I'm old. It's <laughs> like back in the day. <laughs> no, what's gonna happen? Now, is see, that's a better in. New York accent right there. That, that ah, ah, you like the New York accent, huh? That's good yeah. stuff, huh, kid? Yeah. He just was Jewish. For, so he did the Jewish New York accent. Yeah, he did the Jewish. Ah. Can you tell I used to watch Billy Crystal when I was young, huh? <laughs> oh, my oh, God. God. Okay, everything's gone insane, fans. Well, we are watching. That's okay. We're watching WPOV Global here, and it is the show where we are today. This is our 100th episode. We're having some fun. We have the guys over from WPOV Wrestling. We got Raven over from Quarantine. We are going to uh, we're going to talk AEW a lot this episode. We're not going to talk all the other stuff because we're going to be launching another show soon called W. It's going to be called Global Plus, and it's going to be covering ROH. Uh, NXT UK and all those other shows, New Japan and, and the stuff we regularly cover. And we're going to make global here mostly an AEW eccentric show. At, but we're not getting rid of the hot topic because that's always fun. And we're also going to do the uh, uh, what's the thing? The inter I, I used to call it the interdimensional, which made no sense, but the interpromotion. <laughs> We tried to get Zarg versus Cena, but it didn't work out. So, anyways, we're going to do the inter uh, promotional uh, thing. And who's Sean? We're going to keep all those kind of things floating up. So why don't we start a first? Oh, sorry. You know what? If you're going to, if you're going to go over all these things and we have to have all these things, yeah. I realize I'm one of the new guys here. So bear with me mm -hmm. and I am Canadian. So sorry. Oh. But <laughs> one of the things that I believe you've missed that I've, mm -hmm. that I've heard about, it's, it's, it's kind of legendary, almost like, like the legendary, like that you are, 
Oh my goodness. There is something called the book. Ah, the Ooh. book of shame. Yes. Oh, I've the heard book of that. shame. There's two of them. And so because well, two of them, okay. Well, I'm you know what? I'm gonna here I got my pen right here. Yeah. And and, and I'd what? like to add on this what? special one hundredth episode, I would like to make yes. because I, I I'm like a, a uh much like a custom virgin, I'm kind of a, a book virgin as well, at least of some books. So I would like to make Playboy an edition. Uh-huh. Didn't they, they actually stopped printing those, didn't they? Didn't they stop doing that a couple of years ago? They went digital. Yeah. They're you a, wouldn't know. Ma- <laughs> would. Says, says the guy in the porn room. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just keep both yeah. hands up there where we can see them. <laughs> Oh. I would like to add to the to book. Wow. I would like to add someone to the mm-hmm. book for this very special episode. Oh. And God bless him. I love him. But Rick oh. Serrano the third, oh. I am putting you oh. in the book. Oh my goodness, what for? Because I heard through the interwebs that on a different episode in one of the WPOV families, you actually talked trash about myself and Mr. T. James Logan here. And I thought, you know what? See, unlike you, I'm a man and I'm confronting you face to face, virtually, but as a man to tell you that if you have a problem, good sir, then you come on to one of these shows, you know where to find me, you know where to find T. James Logan, and you come on to these shows and you tell us face-to-face that you have an issue. Don't be off in some other show talking trash where, you know, we may or may not get to see you at that time. Be a man. Be, you know, I wish we had Katie Casanova here because then he could be like, you know, Kamala's handler and tell you, Rick Serrano, you are a man. If you could actually do something like this face to face. So I am putting you on the book. No, 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 no. Keep both hands up where we can see them. You're in the porn room. Make sure that if you're going to talk trash about Mr. T. James Logan or you're going to talk trash about Andy Anderson or... You're going to talk trash about Taz on commentary oh, when that no. particular week, no, no, that particular week was was a mess. Oh. And he was one of the few, the few only. bright lights <laughs> for commentary on that show. He no, may I be a turd, but he rose show. above the other turds. <laughs> so, good sir. I, I send that now to you. Okay. All right. All right. Hold on. Okay. Hold on, Elio. Do yes, your sir. thing. Okay, Rick's Round the Third, you just made the book. Boom. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I will say this. My little rebuttal is this one sentence, and this one sentence only. One okay. sentence. One. Did you just assume my gender? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> It's tough to assume anything with you, my friend. <laughs> the only thing I'm safely assuming is you're not doing anything as long as I can see both hands in the camera. <laughs> Listen, man. You know what? We got a hundred episodes show right now to get through, but but I'll get you back. I'll get you back. Go ahead, TJ. I don't have nothing to he's, say. He's got to think. About what he's got to say. You know what? It was kind of weird how he was pointing with one hand like this. Yeah. His other hand, you couldn't see it, and then he was going a couple octaves higher as he started ah. talking. Oh. I don't know what that means. I'm I don't mean that's a coincidence. I'm not assuming anything. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I bet. 
I bet. Just saying. Can we go on with the show? <laughs> All right, but let's you know start what, the show. But you know what? See, but as a man, I've said my piece to you. Yeah. God bless you, Rick Serrano III. I still love you. Tony I Diaz, you, I love you. I love you too. But fuck Taz. Let's move on with the show. <laughs> All right. Let's, <laughs> let's start our show off this week with our wow. hot topic. And it's, a, it's ironic because I always loved calling this the hot topic because we were doing AEW as a focus and the Young Bucks had sold a gazillion shirts at the store called Hot Topic across North America. So that's why I loved using the name Hot Topic. But how ironic on our 100th show, it is the Hot Topic is the Young Bucks. All right. Now we have watched the Young Bucks the last uh, month or two doing all sorts of crazy ass behavior. They're sullen, they're angry, they're super kicking people backstage and then paying money and, and acting like heels, but then they try to step up to the heels who are just as big as heels, and it's been very confusing, and I don't understand it because wrestling works when you have someone to cheer and someone to boo. So who are the Young Bucks in all this? We put out a poll, we asked people, are they faces? Are they heels? Or is this so damn confusing? They don't even know what the hell they are, just like we don't. <laughs> so first of all, let's throw it around the room and find out what you guys think. Are they faces, heels, or is this just confusing as shit? And let's start off with Tony Diaz. After tonight, I don't even think they know what the hell they are. <laughs> Seriously, mm -hmm. you know, for you know, they're 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 squaring up against FTR. And then they super kicked freaking the the broke back street profits. I mean, come on, seriously. It's like, what are you guys doing? I, I, if that's I've, always, I've always <laughs> been I've always been iffy about the young bucks ever mm -hmm. since I heard them come out and everything. I got a lot of questions that I do want to talk about mm -hmm. that I want to ask and see if anybody else feels this way. Okay. Because I always feel and it might not be true. I mean, I can probably think of a few people that can honestly say they had a good wrestling career. But with the Young Bucks, I don't ever see them going to WWE mm -hmm. unless something tragic happens to them in AEW to where they say, F it, I'm going to WWE. But do you guys seriously think that the Young Bucks are really that good that they can honestly say they had that good of a career? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you mm -hmm. know, like you, John Moxley. You know, if he retired today, he can definitely say he had a damn good wrestling career. He was WWE champion. You know, he appeared at WrestleMania, AEW champion. That's a pretty damn good resume. Would the Young Bucks, can, can you honestly tell me that the Young Bucks can be like that too? I mean, because honestly, and I've said this on the show many, many times, you know, they're part owners of AEW. So, yeah, they're going to put themselves over. I'm at the point now where I'm just getting sick and tired of seeing it. So now they're putting themselves in this storyline where it's like, you know, what the hell are you? Uh, faces, heels, uh, or what? After tonight, I'm still fucking confused. Yeah, <laughs> I think they are too. Fuck okay. them. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's finish the first question, and we can all respond to Tony's question right after that. How we feel about that? Uh, Rick, are they faces, yeah. heels, or unknown? Uh, you know, I, I want to just say unknown. I think that's the 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 line they want to ride right now and just be like yeah it's a mystery we don't know who we are and everything i just want them to fucking fight ftr already it's just like <laughs> enough is enough already we've been waiting for this matchup for years 
I don't understand why they didn't fight on the one-year show. That would have been a perfect spot, a perfect main event spot for them because the <laughs> other main event they had tonight was – we'll get into that. Yeah. But FDR <laughs> versus the Young Bucks, that's the match we all been wanting. And now you're dragging it out. And what happens when you drag it out, it gets to a point where it's just like, all right, I really don't even want to see it anymore. And honestly, I'm at that point because I look okay. at FTR and I look at the Young Bucks. I don't think we're going to have the match that we thought we were going to have some years ago when we were like, yo, this is the tag team match we want to see. And now it's like, I, I, I think I want to see it. <laughs> so, do, you, do you guys think, though, it's another thing exactly what you just said though if they do have this match like later on down the road are you really even going to care <laughs> well in a world where we bitch that things aren't built up then things are being built up and we're bitching again yeah but this has been like too. years yeah but they've only been in the company for six months it was only <laughs> no, a possibility yeah, no. really yeah, for six the, months the talk about it has been yeah for it, very it, long that time. is true that is true raven this was probably the first time in a while you've seen been exposed to the young bucks just from watching what you saw on tonight's show what did you think? Were they heels? Were they faces? They attacked everybody equally, but what were they? What did and you, you get got from me. that? Uh, <laughs> I, to me, I just looked like a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. Wait, can I swear on this show? Oh, yeah. You're not here, Tony. Fuck okay. Fuck Get the fuck out. okay, good. So we're on the same level here. Um, Hang on, hang on, hang on. There's already more swearing in like this week's episode than there has been in the past few episodes. There's there's two Americans on the show this week. I'm I'm just saying. Just saying. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Listen, you want to be Canadian. Nobody wants to be Canadian. Well, the next round the third. I definitely do. Get me out of this country, please. (laughs) Sorry, Raven. Continue, please. Um, To be honest, um, I don't really watch a lot of AEW mm-hmm. um so I didn't know what the hell was going on there but I really it actually in a few of the matches there it was really hard to tell who was mm-hmm. heel and who was face just like from not knowing and not watching the show mm-hmm. to actually you know come in as as a as I don't a know fan, what the hell you call it fan. yeah just as a fan watching it I was confused a new viewer. Few of them on who was mm-hmm. who's few who's few fuck <laughs> who's a face and, and who's a heel Okay. Andy, we've been progressingly watching the Young Bucks and their behavior. What are you getting out of this? Are you getting a clear side? Well, uh, as I like to do several of my disclaimers on a weekly basis, uh, I have never been much of a Young Bucks guy, so I will say that Mm -hmm. right off the get-go. But I try to keep an open mind. Wait, Um, why is is that, though? You know what? A lot of the reasons I think that you kind of touched on, I just, to me, just... Yeah, it just, it, you know, they're just not, what's, what's, it's not my cup of tea, not my thing, mm-hmm. not my bag. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're a face, don't know if they're a heel, and honestly, they're not really doing anything that makes me care. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> to what you've said about kind of, you know, drawing things out, and they've only been in the company for six months. Um, you know what, it's, it's one thing to draw things out you know, properly or more in a way that you're going to get emotionally hooked and invested. But to me, this kind of dragging out, it's kind of like what, what Rick and, and Tony are saying, like, it's kind of just going. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, my other thought, and again, one of the problems I often have as much as I love the wrestling business is trying to make some sense in a nonsensical business, but I don't care if you've been paying off all your fines within seconds to me, why are you why are you even in the title hunt picture after all the crap you've pulled over the mm-hmm. past few months? 
but not but not to cut you off, Annie. But not only that. Now that you mentioned that, when was the last time they actually had a wrestling match? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. been a while. It's yeah. been a while, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like and, okay, maybe you can say, oh, luck of the draw. But to yeah. me, but you know, <laughs> I, hey, I'm just trying to make, trying to make sense uh, no, of it. No. But I, I, I was gonna say this for later. But luck of the draw, there was nothing written on those fucking papers. Okay, <laughs> okay, Rick, I, I, I want you to understand something. Okay, pro wrestling is a work. That means it's not real. I that means a lot of things. You just go through the motions. You act like things no, happen. They don't no, really happen. Andy, Andy, yes. WWE goes out of their way. To fucking get a pen and write down the fucking name or something. Oh, write something. AW scribble. Drop the ball. Or they don't even show it. They'll just open the ball and be like, oh, that's, I'm number one. They had the papers. Tony Giovanni says, oh, yeah, the, the young buck, blank paper. You can see he's getting it in his earpiece. Okay, this is who you're saying is next. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, and I mean, and that's, and you know what? I mean, and this will probably hear it through the show too. That's one of one of my kind of underlying issues uh, on a regular basis with AEW, and I've kind of gone back to people can say what they want to say about you know Vince and WWE's writing, um, whether there's consistency or not. But for AEW to say, okay, well, we're gonna not have any script writers. The, the boys are gonna do most of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I find issue like major issues with storyline flaws that's yeah. where i find issues with with characters where you know guys are this is this is my character i'm gonna do this 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 and this but then all of a sudden this week it'd be pretty cool if i did this and this mm-hmm. yeah but that doesn't really fit in with your character yeah. but not only me. that i don't know if you guys notice i've noticed this lately with uh, aew is that they're mm-hmm. jumping over there you know like they're cutting each other off and like it, you're not really here it's, i've been seeing that a lot you know yeah. Is it good? Um, you know, makes it a little bit authentic, but at the same time, you know, it's like it, it just seems sloppy to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah sloppy is a very good word. Yep, and it yep. seems authentic if maybe it happened once or twice, but yeah. when it's constantly happened, it seems yeah, like nobody yeah. practiced and nobody mm-hmm. knew what the other was going to yeah. say, and that's just garbage. And, and actually, just to that, I'm just going to throw this in because I know this isn't really to the topic of the young bucks. I think we've already kind of established for me. It's like I don't know what they are. I don't care what they are. <laughs> um, but just to that. And maybe this is a thing they think is cool and TNT lets them get away with it. And maybe this is because the boys can do, you know, the boys and the mm-hmm. girls can do and say what they want. Uh, to me, there's too much swearing. Yeah. I, noticed, really I, noticed, so? I mean, I joked about that earlier in the, you know, with this show with you. But in, in that respect, you know, if someone's going to swear, then to me, it, you know, it's kind of like the same thing we talked about before the dog collar match. There's a time, there's a place that emotional, that emotional yeah. content better be there. So if you're going to say something, Wow, that's powerful. That means something. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, oh Miro, hey, you broke my shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, like that was the yeah. one thing that popped me tonight so much. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll get to that when we. we I got oh, more yeah. to say when we get to that, but that's mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So that's. Okay. I digress. As a, as a heel manager, that's like one thing I hate is the, the cursing. I always go out of my way to get the heat that I deserve. And a lot of people nowadays is just to get this cheap heat with this swearing and saying mm-hmm. these words just to get yep. people. Oh, he said shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no shit. A fucking ten year old can say shit. It's just <laughs> like just do your craft, learn the fucking way around the psychology of a ring, learn how to fucking mentally 
kill your opponents with words and people are not studying but anyway tj but, amen brother but you amen, know what, brother. Though, just to just to go off of that too a prime example is wwe when that that one um uh raw i think it was when bobby lashley i think speared uh braun through the titantron and then my um not michael cole um Corey Graves came out. He said, "Holy shit! Nobody yeah. was ever expecting that, and it found it sounded genuine. Genuine. It, yes. it was just like it yeah. sounded real. Like holy shit, that that just happened. And then it, you know what? Just that little sentence in itself, with adding the word shit, it brought more to that little segment than anything I've ever seen WWE do yep. in a very long time. So yeah, you're right. You know, they, they and Rick too. You know, they think." Adding these swear words with Jericho does uh, it on a regular basis. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, here's a great example. Like, Taz, you know, you guys have, you, you were gonna say I was gonna there. say about Taz. Okay, uh, <laughs> such a night and day for when the guy's sitting on doing commentary and is doing an okay job, but then when he stands up and tries to address other wrestlers and he'll swear or do these things, and it's just such a drop in quality. Yeah, like boom, the swear comes across as if he's like practicing to say something to get attention and not as if he got off the mic and was mad nothing Mm -hmm. realistic about it and because it's not realistic it takes out all the drama and it takes out all of our us getting invested into it then we're just like oh yeah okay guys playing wrestling i can go watch idiots in my backyard do that (laughs) Uh, elio young bucks what are they man you've been watching them I have no idea what they are. If they're heels or faces, they started super kicking Alex Marvez, Tony Schiavone, everyone in the ring tonight. So I don't know who I'm okay. lost with uh, what they are. Yeah, well, I gonna... last, last I knew, Tony Schiavone was a, a faced commentator. You yeah. know, <clears throat> so for him to throw it down and be angry with announcing the Young Bucks, oh my gosh, so they're a heel. But then they super kicked freaking, you know, they're super, every, I don't know. Oh, I'm done with it. <laughs> we even get to that. There, there's a comment I want to make about that later the t- when we get to that segment. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say this. There is a wrestler in New Japan called Koto Ibushi, who is a great oh, wrestler, but a total screw job. If you ever interview this dude outside of the thing, he talks about stuff that makes you almost want to vomit as a wrestling fan. Last year, he was saying, why do we need wrestling ropes? We could do things. Like he's talking this fantasy crap was almost as much as Teddy Hart smoking the ganja and going crazy about (laughs) cats bringing weapons to the ring. It was that (laughs) level of stupidity. And as I was listening to that, I'm watching the Young Bucks. And it's like, is this what they're doing? Are they trying to be avant-garde artists? Um, we're, We're bad guys but we're little midgety dudes who kick people and run away, <laughs> but we're tough guys because we kick people, yeah. but we pay them off. And one of us is totally shaven, but the other one's got a beard. So are we mixed? Are we both? Well, that's because he can't grow a beard. Yeah. that's. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, none of it makes any sense. Okay. I would get it. If they were doing this stuff, they want to be bad guys. Well, then you start having um, FTR react as if they're good guys, but it's very confusing how FTR reacts half the time. They yeah. take it half the time. They're scared. They run away. They stay to fight. They, who knows? Mm-hmm. And this just mm-hmm. is it. It's that idea of they're, they're obviously booking their own shit because nobody who had any idea that could see the beginning to the end of a story would just trample through the pages like this. It's not very good. It's confusing and dumb. Yeah. Now we sent it out to you fans and it's hilarious because it said 12% of you thought they were heels. <laughs> Zero percent of you thought they were faces, which left 88% who had no fucking clue what these guys were doing. 
That's main event wrestling wow. when you don't have that a shows you. That shows you 12% of the people out there are fucking idiots. Like 88% of the people know what the fuck they're talking about. Exactly. Oh, my Lord. But, now let's but, quickly... but 12, those 12% of the people, because I saw Raven's face, like, he just called those listeners idiots. But thank you for listening to the show. It's the whole thing here. Hold on a second here. Now. It's always... It's always Rick's mouth. <laughs> so, so oh. I think th- there was something we talked about earlier. I think it was called a book. Oh no! Oh, oh no! Oh no! Was it was called a yes, book, the book of right? Shame. Yeah, the book, book of, of shame. shame. So you know, Rick just likes to yap, 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 and he got me so mad on the on an episode of of quarantine that I virtually slapped him from across the world <laughs> because he's so lippy. Mm-hmm. Mr. Unfortunately, well, I couldn't make it for that one. Well, I, I will I will say this, too. Hell yeah. You, know, you guys have the, the book of shame. <laughs> yeah. And on Wrestling POV, we also have the book. We just yeah. call it the book. And honestly, I even put Rick in, in that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Because so I put it to you but, guys. But, but, but let me, hear hear okay. me out, though. The reason why I put him in there is because he does this god-awful imitation of Seth Rollins. Oh, and no. that, was, that segment with oh. Seth Rollins and Ray, or, or Dominic, actually, when he was whipping him with the kendo stick and he kept saying, hi, Dad, hi, Dad. And all I can think of is fucking <laughs> Rick Stroud on the third doing that uh, imitation of Seth Rollins. I said, I could yeah. not take that segment serious. So when, the day we got on the show, I said, you know what, Rick? I had enough. I'm putting your ass in the book. So he's been in there ever since. Uh, I want to hear this impersonation. He'll yeah, all right. It. Let's hear so, it. I'm Seth Rollins. I'm the number one contender. I did. I did. Ray, I have a man bun, Ray. I did. Oh, God. I hate him so much for his voice. Well, I think, to me, that sounds more like Gilbert Gottfried. It does sound like Gilbert Gottfried, too. The the Gilbert Gottfried trying the to do Seth Rollins. Is... <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yeah, but, so, so, but, so, hold on a second. What it sounds like. Sorry, I was just going to say, in all seriousness, though, I think Raven was starting to ask about something, though. That's what I was what, going to say. What yeah. were you going to ask, Raven? I put it to you guys. Yeah. Does this man not belong to have a second tick in that book? Oh, <laughs> a plus one on the book for lippiness for Rick. <laughs> I, I, I love you, Rick. I love you, Rick. And I appreciate so, you know, how great of a heel so manager it's, you it's are. It's funny because all I'm <laughs> hearing is, Rick, we love you, but... You gotta go. <laughs> well, you know it's, not, it's not even you gotta go. It's not even you gotta go. Yeah. Well, in the now, book. Oh, in the book. We, we're in Canadians book. here. We're Canadians. Me and Andy and Raven and and Elio, and we, as gentlemen, we have to respect what a lady would say. And I'm afraid we're gonna have to put a plus one beside Rick's uh, thing. So, wow. Rick, you were in the book with a plus one, uh, Elio. All right. Honors, please. Rick, surround the third plus one. You just made the book. Has that, has, that ever, has that ever happened on your shows where someone's made the book twice in one show? Not in one show. Oh, <laughs> oh my Charlotte, God. Charlotte, my we, show. Had, we had Charlotte in our book like three times. In one show? <laughs> in one show, yeah. Really, we did? 
Ah, well, yeah. And then she cut a promo uh, for them, and all of a sudden they weren't she allowed to promo talk for us. Yeah. She cut a promo for us, and we got we took her out right away. Oh, that's right, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's We're right. gonna wipe your slate clean. Yeah, we put her on the on the book in the book three times in one show, and in order for her to get out of the book, she cut a promo for us. So. I was like, blackmailing for a promo. That seems very American. Guys, we gotta get in on this. <laughs> it worked. Uh, I, hope, I, hope, I hope Rick doesn't make the book a third friend. time because we don't need a promo from Rick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. You know what? Tony did ask a really good question there. Uh, the Young Bucks, if they were finished today, can they look back and say they were a success as a as a as wrestlers as their career? Or even uh, Rick, a Hall of you, Famer? Do you think? Oh, I don't know. If that, okay, let's find out. Yeah. Rick, what do you uh, think? Uh, definitely, absolutely. I think. Uh, and I said this in our show. I mean, last week when we had WWE versus AEW, it was Young yep. Bucks versus the Usos. And mm-hmm. I said both of these teams were the top tag teams of the decade. Mm-hmm. And the percentage, that differential between those two was 0.1. Because honestly, yep. I think mm-hmm. they are the top two tag teams. Um, let's not forget, they started off as Generation Me in TNA. Yep. And everybody called them a Hardy Boys ripoff. And what they their work in Ring of Honor and New Japan is mm-hmm. second to none, and yeah. and as annoying as they may be, they are one of the best tag teams of the past ten years. So okay. absolutely, I have to give them that because they've been all over the world. Everybody knows who they are. They know how to sell. They know how mm-hmm. to fucking work. They know how to fucking promote themselves. They know how to sell merch. So hands down. And by the way, uh, hot topic: if you are yeah. listening to the show and you want a sponsorship, you know, <laughs> we're available. We are um, indeed. Yeah. Even on a sponsorship, even just start selling some wrestling POV shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Sell our shit. Sell our shit. That's true. <laughs> we but got yeah. Wrong, man. <laughs> okay, uh, Raven, you might not if you don't know the Bucks enough to to answer. I don't I'm know. Cool. I don't know a lot about them. I know. Um, like Bambi and Liza and Elliot Tyler when they're here and we do I do watch wrestling when they come over they talk about them a lot and Rick just mentioned like pretty much all of the top promotions that are around right now so if they've been to all these spots and they've been all over the world you can definitely claim that you've had a good career all right uh Andy I know you don't like them but as what they've done in their body of work would you consider them a successful careers I would. I mean, that's, you know, a, a successful career doesn't have to mean, you know, WWE. Mm-hmm. Having said that, if it's not going to include WWE, then the resume to me needs to be extensive. It needs to be impressive. And mm-hmm. while the Young Bucks are not my cup of tea and I could care less if they're heels, faces, whatever, I'll give them credit. Like, you know, from everything from, from Japan to, to Ring of Honor to, to everywhere, you know, they've, they've main evented. They, they've you know they they draw they like i said maybe i'm on the, the target demographic um i don't know if everyone's everyone's gonna know them to me i think you might have still have a greater chance of somebody knowing the uso just be oh, the usos just because of being on more of a mainstream platform with wwe mm-hmm. but yeah no i'm not a fan but to okay. me they they've they've they've, they've earned their rights there and, you know, I just want to say this real quick. Uh, Andy brings up a great point uh, about being uh, looked after, like like you're going to be known because you've been on WWE. And Andy, I mean, I would know Andy over the Young Bucks because he was on WWE Velocity. Like several times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Orlando so, Jordan. Yeah, and Orlando and, Jordan. And I got my ass kicked by Stone Cold Steve Austin on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
So, so you know. Well, um, definitely. Uh, I think I've had a Hall right. of Fame career based on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, look, let's look at it now. I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin, I'm probably the only one that's got their ass kicked by Stone Cold Steve Austin, where I didn't get a stunner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lost hey. to Rikishi and one of the few that didn't get a stink face. Oh, so that's pretty special. That's pretty good. Now I'm going to, I'm going to attack this answer. I'm going to attack this answer from a way you guys who, who have worked in wrestling understand success. Okay. Success. We know belts can be given, uh, whenever, uh, victories mm-hmm. are all decided ahead of time. Real success is money. Drawing money is success. And the Young Bucks, in a two-year period, their T-shirts outsold every single WWE shirt across North America without having wrestling direct promotion for it. They were selling shit like Todd Topic could not hold their T-shirts for two years. That's got to tell you something. When you can pull something like that off and you don't have the main exposure of a main company, that says people do know you, okay? I don't like them because... You know, I did watch them. I liked them back in ROH and New Japan when they were facing guys of equal size when it seemed realistic. Here in AEW, they're two five foot eight dudes going up against six foot tall monster type guys. And we're supposed to believe that they're booking themselves as Hulk Hogan's. You know what I mean? The one guy, uh, Matt, uh, did a, a German suplex down a hundred uh, yard line continuously. Like they, they may, it's like when little guys get power. I, all of us have had a boss in our lives who's been like a little short, <laughs> miserable little fuck who, who wants to act like he's two feet taller, right? And uh, <laughs> we've all done it. And what happens? They, they, in their minds, are booking themselves as king shit, and they're not. The Napoleon complex. Exactly. And that's the problem we're seeing right now with the Young Bucks. They have a great career. We can't discount that. But because they're being so obnoxiously asinine, we kind of forget the shit they've done before. Right now, we're just looking at, look at these idiots acting like they're the road warriors when they're half the size of the road warriors' bags. You know what I mean? So, yes, in an overall career, they are definitely, if there was a just straight Hall of Fame that didn't make you had to be in WWE or kiss McGann's ass to get in there, yes, they would be. But right now, what we're seeing is a very ugly look at guys who are kind of, in some ways, maybe even abusing what power they have to make themselves look good at the expense of not only themselves, but obviously their fans and their company. They're trying to look good. I wouldn't say they are. Yes. Sorry. They're not looking good. That's exactly why we wouldn't have this conversation if they were looking good. Mm -hmm. So yes. So Tony, I'm going to say that, that they did, they do have good careers, but let's face it. They're, they're, they're smearing a shit stain on their legacy right now with this horrendous last year of booking for them. I just want to correct something. The young bucks are five ten, and that's the same height as, Lone Wolf, Andy Anderson, and myself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and you think... believe that you believe that the writings that people put on as their wrestling thing are real. There's a man <laughs> in wrestling in minus Santa three Claus, inches okay? and fifty pounds on everyone's weight, and I you'll get the real Santa weight and heights of people. I believe in the Easter Bunny. I believe in all that stuff. I believe in good politics in the United States. What? So, wow. <laughs> don't be naive if you have wow. to. All right, Naive, we're going to be moving on now. Yeah, Elio, you changed his name on the screen. The Naive Serrano III. (laughs) Okay, Uh, one last thing. Okay, we're going to – next, let's move over to um, our our competition, our inter-promotional thing. And 
it's the guys of Alistair Black versus Darby Allen. Jesus and Christ. We now uh, <laughs> here's you. the weird thing about this is we've we've on global over the last couple of weeks, we've really struggled on how to answer these questions. And it all came up because Tony made us the division here when he started saying, Well, are they booked as good guys or bad guys? Or blah blah blah. Then it made us think, well, do we mean now? Do we mean in the future? Do we mean at the end of their careers? Do we mean at this second? Do we so what we have decided on Global is the way we answer it is we're going to say it's 20 years later from what we see now and what is possible, which one of these guys would win at their each at their best prime and who would have the best career out of it. So how do you, that's how you would do it, right? So we'll start off. I know I listen to you guys. I, I know Tony is not a Darby Allen fan whatsoever. And I know that Rick Serrano likes Darby Allen, but he takes Alistair Black. I don't, uh, He's blasphemous for what he said on the show last week. No, I, I just no, said you that are. Darby Allen, Darby Allen, I like his look. I think he has a, is creative. It's different. Mm-hmm. I like his gear because it's also different. And the the way he comes to the lazy. ring, skateboard, all that stuff, it, it may be lazy to some of the older heads. You know, I mean, I'm not lazy as old now. as a lot of people on this show. But mm-hmm. I think that he... <laughs> He's going to oh, put yeah. you in the book again, yeah, brother. Just keep it up. I'll just leave it as this. That Darby Allen has no chance in hell against a guy like Aleister Black. Mm-hmm. But if we want to call anybody lazy when it comes to gear, I think mm-hmm. it's Aleister Black. I Get think, the fuck out of here. I think what Darby <laughs> Allen brings, I think Darby Allen brings creativity. You. I think Darby Allen is a lot more creative than what mm-hmm. Aleister Black is. What can Alistair Black be other than that with tattoos like that and stuff like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he has to be this dark goth guy. Darby Allen, he dyed his hair blonde and said, Let me, I like the skateboard. Let me put a skull you know, on my face. You know, we <laughs> just had this conversation about the Napoleon complex. He's one of them. He's one of them. Yeah, he is. Are you kidding? Okay. Did you see him tonight on, on AEW? Doing the sting thing? Yeah, thing, thing. Cool. that's exactly what yeah. it is. Serious. Get out of here with that bullshit. He, it's lazy. It's very, very lazy. His gear is very okay. lazy. If I was a promoter of a show and he came in with that bullshit, I would mm-hmm. tell him straight up, go to fuck home. Go to fuck home. Hell Andy, no. When I think of Aleister Black, I think of that scene in Trolls where the rock trolls are like, Let's all go out and get tattoos everywhere except the sure. bubble next so we can get office jobs. <laughs> yes. Uh, Alistair Black and uh, Darby mm-hmm. Allen. You, you, you know, it's, this is a hard one, I think. How, how would you look at it? Who do you think would, would win out in the, in the battle here at the end? Well, I'm, I'm going to say just to the last uh, little piece of conversation there. Mm-hmm. I, I am actually somewhat in agreement with Mr. Rick Serrano III. Okay. In the sense that, uh, you know, doing the kind of the, the skateboard gimmick, again, not my cup of tea. I'm not prime demographic, so it doesn't really relate. I'm kind of eh, but mm-hmm. um, there's not really any other kind of skateboard guys around, at least, you know, kind of WWE, AEW. Uh, he comes to the <laughs> Come on! I said not, not right now. Not right now. Maybe, maybe thirty, maybe thirty years ago or something, but not right now. Um, I appreciate the fact that even as a baby, you know, and, and this kind of goes against the traditional stance of a baby face. But I mean that he actually uses a skateboard as a weapon, and he's not a big guy. To me, like that kind of makes sense. So I'm okay with that. 
in, okay. in that, in that. Um, when you put them side by side, like I don't, yeah, I, I, I would pick Alistair Black over Darby Allen. I'd pick him like now I'd pick him in mm-hmm. five years, 10 years, 20 years. Okay. Um, you know, that's for the, the thing with Darby Allen is he's getting this platform because he is a smaller guy because he's a niche character that can maybe hook onto, you know, a certain demographic that people can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, like, to me, and I and I haven't seen it yet. When you talk about somebody like Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio being a small guy, you know it's you know it's pretty much always going to be David and Goliath, as it should be. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't see that with the Darby Allen matches, and so for me, kind of the credibility and the storytelling of his matches, and maybe that's just because that's maybe that's more the AEW style, whatever. It doesn't really work with me. And so while I applaud the character, I applaud what he's doing. I'm not sure what the sting thing is that, uh, but, um, it's only been one know. week though. We don't know if it's going to actually be a thing. Well, True. yeah. I mean, it's it's probably it's, thing, you, yeah, probably. Cause again, if, 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 if it's the boys going, Hey, you know, what would be really cool is if I went and sat up in the rafters, like sting and just watch the next couple of weeks. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you're picking, definitely picking Alistair Black over this. Yeah. Okay, Elio. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Alistair Black. I like uh, Darby Allen the whole skateboard thing, but mm-hmm. when you when you put them next to each other, I, mean, I have to go with Alistair Black. Okay, um, I look at it this way: we look at these two guys' careers, okay, where they're at right now. Uh, Alistair Black is definitely a cooler type wrestler. He's got some amazing movies. He's a bigger guy. Uh, Darby Allen is a smaller guy. Um, Darby Allen's on AEW, where they seem to be giving him tons of airtime, latitude, and matches. And he has an exciting style, okay? It's, it's different. His moves are slightly different. He, he's incredibly fast. I've never seen anyone throw themselves out of ring at somebody, and it looked like yep. he actually hurt somebody and himself doing it. Uh, then you look at Aleister Black, who's got all these tools, and he's been reduced to, will he be on main event sometime? I don't know. He went in this week's draft far below some... He was under Titus O'Neil, for God's sakes, in the draw. So what does that tell you what WWE looks at him in the overall picture right now? They don't obviously think the greatest of him if they're going to put Titus fucking O'Neil higher in the draft than him. So if you looked at it this way, the careers, it starts to balance out. However, the one thing that puts it over the top for me is Alistair is a much safer wrestler. Darby Mm -hmm. Allen is going to hurt himself with his stupid promos, with his jumping off of shit, falling off of things, doing all the stupid crap. Parkour! Yeah, that exposes his body to such danger. That guy's got maybe four or five years before he's going to cripple himself. Alistair Black's going to have a lot longer career. And maybe it'll only be mid-level, but that's going to equal out way far than a guy who just went bright and flamed out within a couple of years. Trying to give us some longevity points. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I was going to say that Alistair Black hasn't won a match since May. So it's like yeah. one of those things where how are we supposed to take him so serious when Darby Allen has won triple the amount of matches that he's won since May? You know well, what I'm saying? And, he got drafted under a dude who everyone remembers fell down the fucking ring ramp as he was listen, going one under the ring. <laughs> that's a Hall of Fame, a Hall of Famer right there. Titus O'Neil deserves to be in the Hall of Fame just for that, for that. spot. <laughs> <laughs> him and the it red rooster and the googly gooker. 
<laughs> See, and it's funny because you'll say that. And my first thought when I think Titus O'Neil, and when I think as soon as I, it's like, oh, he's drafted, he's going to Raw, yeah. whether or not he got mentioned, to me, it's the okay, because of everything he does outside of the ring. It's not even an right. Yeah. for me. With but him. that but that isn't part of the fantasy you're booking a draft for. Nobody takes that crap into oh, consideration. Yeah. No, I know, but I'm just saying in terms of, I'm just saying just, just right. to the, yeah. you know, your first thought of Titus O'Neil. Okay, your first thought is, okay, well, dude falls underneath. And to me, it's like, okay, well, it's dude does this. I mean, yeah, he, he does a, one a match lot here. of great stuff. Oh, amazing. I mean, and I, and I agree with you. That's not what the draft is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not what it's supposed to be about. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe it is. I think what they're doing now is uh, they're trying to set up Titus to look like a bigger threat so Dabakato can kick his ass and squash him and shit. That's that's why I think it's... Oh, it's like the big show. Bring him in every now and then, make him look good, yeah. then somebody destroy him. The fact you actually exactly. said that with a straight face, that really impressed me. <laughs> <laughs> You're a better it. worker than I thought. <laughs> So uh, we went out to the fans and took a look at these uh, poll numbers. 68% of people picked Alistair Black. 32% picked Darby Allen. Okay. Those, now, the last conversation before we get to my book. <laughs> What's that? Those 32% is going in my book. <laughs> going in the book, those idiots. <laughs> but hey, please keep watching the show. Okay, one yeah. thing I do want to say, really sure. quick, addressing Tony with uh, the way he dresses, I find it uncomfortable. The way Tony dresses? Do you do too? Me? The way that, oh. No, Darby Allen dresses. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, the fuck? The, you don't see me from my shirt off? No, 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 no. The, the short shorts and then the tights underneath is something almost homoerotic in it that appeals on a weird level for a guy They're against lazy. his character. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, no, I'm not saying there's anything wrong lazy. with it, but it's against it's his lazy. portrayal of character. And it just is uncomfortable. And that's why I don't like the way he dresses. Because if that's the character, I, I expect Sonny Kiss to wear stuff like that. Sure. Why not? You know, he wears worse. But there's something if, wrong if that doesn't fit the, the thing there. If he didn't he wear was, those tights and he just wore the shorts, that's Sonny Kiss right there. <laughs> believe it or not, the tights do not make much of a difference. It does not take any of the no, alternative lifestyle away you, out of that. Just, just look people. <laughs> Who's who's Ellie? Are you muting him? No, I yeah. didn't mute anyone. You didn't mute him. See, he just went muted twice. Um, yeah, he did. Well, just knowing emo people, his mm-hmm. legs are glow in the dark, so he <laughs> definitely needs those tights. <laughs> okay, okay. Last question: We go to AW. Uh, the the regular who is Sean? Because Marty's just too fucking nuts. We're not going to talk about that dude anymore. Sean, who is the Sean of these two teams? This is going to be an interesting one because I really actually, this is the one time I actually thought a very long time about this and took every action because I've known this guys for a long time. It's the Lucha Brothers. Is it Pentagon? What's his new name now? It's not Pentagon anymore. Penta it's L-Zero. Penta yeah, L-Zero. It's a full thing, guys. It's like Penta really? L-Zero or something. He's changed yeah. his name to Yeah. Yeah. That's his official name now. And uh, what's the other guy's name? I've totally Phoenix. Phoenix. Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix. Yeah. So which one is the Sean? So which one has more of the upward ability at the end will be the bigger star and why? And uh, let's start off with, let's start off with Elio. Come on, Elio, really quick. All right. So I'm going to go with the Pentagon. Pentagon. Pentagon and why? I just, uh, his whole uh, appearance, whole presentation and his high flying style. Okay, fine. Uh, Rick? I got to go with Ray Phoenix. I think... Okay. His ability in the ring is it's so clean mm-hmm. that 
is just so impressive. And I have to say, Penta is starting to get somewhat of a gut, and it's not, and it's like slowing down a bit. Mm-hmm. So I, when it comes to who's the superstar, I have to go with Ray Phoenix for sure. And I would love to see him go for the TNT title, please. Okay. Put, All right. put the championship on a real champion. Raven, have you? Do you know anything about the Lucha Brothers to talk on this one? Or do you want to pass? Sorry, I'm out on this one. You got it. All right, uh, Tony. You know, um, honestly, I'm a huge uh, Pentagon fan. I don't know if you guys saw the mask show. I had Don one of his masks. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean. That was you? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shit, damn. <laughs> that wasn't me. I, we had him on the show. Um, but too no, tough Penta. I thought it was too tough Penta. <laughs> yeah, that one too. But uh, no, I was I just, uh, I'm a huge fan of his. I followed his career for a very, very long time. And Phoenix, too. Um listening to what you guys were just saying about Phoenix, Mm -hmm. I do agree. And he Mm -hmm. could very well be the Sean of the group, but Mm -hmm. um, Penta, as far as his career and his matches goes, I mean, he he can go all day. And yes, he did. He is starting to get a little bit of a gut. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. COVID weight. A lot of guys get it. COVID weight. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But uh, honestly, I'm going to, damn, this one is hard for me. So don't, don't, don't get, don't scream at me, but this is like fifty-one forty-nine, mm-hmm. and I, I'm going with Pen, uh, Penta. Okay, wow, Andy. Penta. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say Penta too, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna maybe this is just me being Canadian as usual. Uh, there there may not even be a a a Marty in this group. I mean, it might be a Sean and. I don't know, maybe one step below, <laughs> maybe, but, but, but not, but not, a, but not a Marty, at least not in the yeah, sense yeah. that I kind of look at, yeah. you know, ugh. but, um, you know, whatever the recent weight gain aside or whatever, uh, Penta to me, uh, I, I enjoy his work. I think his look, uh, is very unique. It sticks out the way to, to me and from day one with him, cause I haven't followed him and seen him as much as you guys have, but just kind of like, you know, like with the face paint and, and the contacts and all that, I love that look. And to yeah. me, his his character his personality uh i feel a bit a little more swagger a little more personality yeah. mm-hmm. kind of kind of uh exudes from him when he works and that's kind of why i would go with him over over ray phoenix okay i will suggest to our listeners to mm-hmm. check these guys out and lucha underground yeah. i know we haven't spoken about lucha underground a lot since the cancellation but there's three four se- three seasons they've had where yep. just the storytelling and the the ma- the storytelling is a little out there. It's very yeah. uh, novella-like, Fantasy. which is yeah. a soap opera, kind of soap opera. Yeah. But the matches, the I'm telling well, you, the flow too, of how the matches are made. Lucha Underground, the match Penta had with uh, Vampiro. Yeah. That was good. And I'm not a big fan of Vampiro, but this that match was a very good storytelling match. Yeah. It was, it Would was, I answer this? Okay, guys, you're going to go, you're going to wonder why I went one direction and then ended up in a different, but when I see uh, Pentagon or Penta Zero, Sima the 13th or whatever Penta. he is, lately all I see a lot of him is kicking, a lot of him doing this stuff continuously, <laughs> putting his thing in your face. And, and, then you see, yeah, and then you see Ray Phoenix doing these like mind-blowing moves, mm-hmm. like stuff that's incredibly mind-blowing. And I watch it, but then I think if they went to the WWE, uh, Penta would be booked as a solid contender, given a chance. And um, 
Ray Phoenix would probably end up in the junior heavyweight division where there's tons of guys who do like, like Ricochet. Like all these guys who are awesome wrestlers who just get relegated to like the guys who have, get no story or the guys who get beat on regularly or have good matches with themselves and then get jobbed out to anyone bigger. And the problem is Phoenix is just too small. He's a niche guy. Yeah. He's just too small. He's awesome. But in this day and age, there's a zillion niche guys and they go nowhere in WWE. People, what, what happened to, what was it, Kalisto? Was that guy? He was mm -hmm. awesome. When he yeah. signed, he should have been a big thing. But let's face it, he's a five foot four dude who isn't going to get very far in a company that doesn't look at people under six feet tall. Well, and wearing the masks tradition doesn't really help either, right? Yeah. Then you're losing that emotion. You're losing that connection, the facial mm -hmm. expressions. And at least, let's face it, man, the first time I saw Penta in that mask, I was like, what the frick is yep. this? That is some exactly. scary shit but kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to have to say in the end, I think Penta's going to always have a better career, even though definitely his brother is the more talented and athletic of the two. Uh, Penta's got the, he knows how to sell himself as, as a character, a real character, not yeah. just like so a happy dude who jumps around. What you're saying is everybody disagreed with me. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that now we all just said Penta. I thought Maybe it would be a little even more. know who they are. <laughs> well, she just knows. It's like we're having an opinion thing. What did Rick Serrano say? This. Okay, I'll yeah. say that. I'll go the opposite. I'll go with the cool kids. What do the cool kids say? Not Rick. <laughs> He's gonna hurt me. All right, <clears throat> let's move on and let's get into some AEW. Now we're gonna take a really quick break. When we come back, we are going into this AEW show and we're gonna talk about the the one year anniversary. Was it a great show? Was it worthy of an anniversary? Or was it just another show? We'll find out when we get back. But do know this, folks. There are many shows here on the, the WPOV network. We have the granddaddy of them all, WPOV Wrestling, hosted by Tony Diaz, Rick Serrano III, and Miguel Cole, where they take a great look, a very in-depth and very funny look, at all the goings around the WWE. We're talking Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. And they flex a little bit of globally muscle and they take a look at AEW too and compare AEW and NXT. And a little thing we like to call the Wednesday Night Delight, where we all get to vote on which was the better show at the end of the week. And we keep a tally. Last year, man, I do believe NXT killed AEW last year with almost twice as more than twice as many wins. Mm -hmm. So let's see how this year's going to go. The first week wasn't so great. Yeah. AEW lost. And just to, <laughs> to reiterate what I said on the show last week about this, because I've, obviously there's a lot of AEW fans out there. Yeah, it's very close voting. Yes. And yeah. And, and the thing of it is for me, it's, it's what they need to understand is that when we did these votes, this was a vote of all of us collective. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It wasn't just yeah. being one-sided. There was times I voted for AEW. There was times I voted for NXT when there was times where I was the only one that voted for AEW and everybody else voted for NXT or it was the other way around. So just understand this was the whole a vote of, of all of us together. Yeah. And th there you have it. So just don't, say that we're being unfair or whatever we're not called it as we saw it and, and one of the funniest times a vote came in uh i had voted i guess i went on took my vote and then um as rick is reading the vote he's like well thomas voted nxt and then i was like listening to the show and i was like what i did not i picked aw i go back and i'm like i sent nxt and i meant aew oh, and then shit. but 
But NXT lost that week, despite the fact I misvoted. <laughs> it still came out to AEW winning, so I couldn't really complain, right? <laughs> so we also have other shows. We have the show you're hearing now, WPOV Global, hosted by uh, me, uh, Elio Canella, and our reoccurring uh, guest host, Andy Anderson. And we have a special video show that uh, is done in the Zoom style where you get to, to see us uh, babbling on. And we bring on wrestlers there, me and Elio and Andy. It's called WPOV Quarantine. That appears weekly. And we have WPOV Aftermath. That is the show where we're going to be covering every big main event, main wrestling thing come up. A mixture of us, maybe all of us will get on and we'll break down whatever that card's about exclusively that night uh, of the, it's been showed. And then, like we said, coming up uh, down the road, we're going to be doing WPOV uh, Global Plus, where we'll be covering all the stuff that's non-AEW and non-WWE. So check out all the shows. So, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll get back. It's time for AEW. Say it, Rick. AEW. Oh, my! What can you say, folks? What can you say? Oh, my goodness. I, I'm going to be on the show. This is, this is crazy. I'm going to be. Oh, okay. So I'm going to read. I'm going to read a hundred reasons why TJ Logan is the best host of wrestling POV podcast in general. The Hell great, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, just read the fucking <laughs> promo. Okay. Okay. What, does someone have the hand up your ass or something? Okay. Um, <laughs> go to pro slash wrestling POV and, and you get a new t-shirt. I got a t-shirt. Mr. Rick doesn't have a t-shirt. Elio and TJ have a t-shirt. Mr. Tony doesn't have a t-shirt. But you can get a t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash WrestlingPOV. They have four t-shirts for $19.99. You know what? These guys, they need the money. Mr. Rick is still wearing an old Wrestling POV podcast shirt because that's all he has. Can you shut up and just read the fucking thing like I wrote it? Oh, my goodness. Okay. So reason why I love TJ Logan, number one. He has a smooth head that I like to rub butter on. Number two, he has a Canadian moose knuckle the size of my foot. Number three, that's enough. That is enough. That is enough. That is enough. Good Don't Lord. read your list to your kid that you haven't seen in six months. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> you know. Wow. I moose knuckle? Just, I just want respect. Enough is enough for the software. But you see why we don't have Miguel talk a lot on the That's show. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> I still love you, Miguel, wherever you are, buddy. All right, let's well, get he, into. He did say the... he was going to try to get you off the book when we put you in there last week. So. <laughs> and I feel so bad. You know, I did put him in our book once a long time ago, mm -hmm. and I, I've seen the error in my ways. I'll never accuse him of using grinder. Uh, here we go. Listen, it's water under the bridge. If you ever need me to fill in for that puppet Elio, I am all for it, brother. Anytime. Well, we can hold our own draft here. Ooh, yeah, yeah. The you WPOV draft. <laughs> WPOV draft. Yeah. Raven's like drafted. I barely do this show. One one day, I I gotta know what's the real story behind uh, TJ and. Uh, Miguel's uh, little rendezvous. That little vacation that yeah, I put him on. Nope. Yeah, I got, that will I never be talked about. That. That's between me, Miguel, and a case of tequila, and we're not talking about and it. And the hot tub? <laughs> Shut up about the hot tub. <clears throat> All righty. Let's get this show on the road. AEW Dynamite, 100. 100. <laughs> I'm thinking of us. Oh, wow. One year anniversary. <laughs> Dynamite! First of all, 
a resounding, I'm going to go really quick around. Was it, was it a great show or was it a not that great of a show? Andy, was it, was it a great anniversary show? You want like a grade or just what do you want? How, how do I you just want to say it was an okay anniversary show. No, it wasn't an okay anniversary show. Uh, it was, to me, it was better than I expected. Oh, okay. Tony? No. Okay. Rick? Not a great show. All right. Raven? Uh, for an anniversary show, that probably could have been yeah. a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Okay. Elio? Not for an anniversary show. It just felt like uh, any other episode of AEW. Now, I said this before we went on is one of the problems you have with AEW sometimes is they put a lot of, of blitz and uh, not the greatest wrestling sometimes. So you'd think with the anniversary show, if people are tuning in to see a bunch of glitz with the wrestling, instead we got very little glitz and a lot of half-assed wrestling. So no, it was not a great show. But we're going to talk about it right now. Um, first of all, let's open up with this main, with this, this should have been in my opinion the night it was one of the best matches except for the last two minutes of ftr versus best friends who wants to jump in about the ftr versus best friends anything that really stuck out about it rick go ahead i'm going to tell you this man it was very sloppy there's a lot of sloppy spots in this match uh the mm -hmm. referee was slow i don't know what was wrong with him but his that movement around the ring there were some spots where he meant like uh, there was just a lot of spots that were missed in this match. There was one spot where they had, I'm going to say spot a lot in this segment. Um, there was a lot of spots where the tag team partner wasn't there. And it was just like, he needs to be there so they can finish the moveset. Mm -hmm. And then you break yeah. a fucking arcade. Like, how many times does Tony Schiavone and JR say, oh, they really like video games? It's like, <laughs> way to take us away from the match, you mm -hmm. know? And I'm going to say this again. Chuck Taylor, the guy needs to hit the gym. Like, I have, listen, I have a beer gut. I don't even drink beer, but I'm not a wrestler. <laughs> like, my stomach, your stomach should not be hanging over your tights like that. And did you guys catch you what have... they said about him? Mm -mm. He's no, six foot two and 215 pounds. Really? That's a lie. That's, <laughs> that's, a that's the ridiculous. Yeah, that a, no, that's a lie. No. So, yeah, for me, this match, it should have been a great match. Mm -hmm. Could have been a great match, but they dropped the ball. And then that ending, like you said, with Miro and all this other shit with the video games, just mm -hmm. really took me out of it. So no, I, I didn't, I did not okay. enjoy this match at all. Before I move to the next guy, I have to say the very end. That video game shit was ridiculous. I'm sure other people talk about it, but what I had the biggest problem in the world was at the very end. I, I rewound it three times to see what exactly happened there. The referee just literally went down on his hands and knees and covered his face so he wouldn't see what happened. I tried to see, was he tripped? Did he bump into them? No, nope. he fell on his hands and knees and covered his thing so he couldn't see what happened. Yeah, it made absolutely horrible. no sense. And if you saw it, the thing is, maybe if you didn't notice it, you could have got away with it. But it was so obvious that I had to rewind it to see what, what happened to that dude. Well, nothing I'll happened to that this. dude. He had an invisible fucking string. I'll tell you okay. this. Dangerous Danny Davis and H.C. Loke will be disappointed in that refereeing, for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, like I said, for me, I thought it was a pretty strong match. It told a good story of, of uh, Chucky being out of it too long, Trent being uh, kind of sacrificed by himself much. Lots of great teaming, but that last couple of minutes, from the moment they went out to the ring and the video game stuff got started, it turned into a schmoz. They got in the ring and it looked like FTR didn't know what they were supposed to do. They were asking each other who's supposed to be legal. Then they, they kind of bumped into each other trying to do something. And it was like, 
oh, oh, I forgot my lines. Yeah. It was terrible at that point on. Uh, anyone else want to weigh in on this match? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't mind the match overall. Um, I, I, I mean, I like FTRs. I mean, you know, a little bit of bumbles and stuff aside, because I, I, I'm a very big fan of, you know, what they're trying to do with tag team wrestling and, you know, reviving, pun intended, uh, kind of the, <laughs> that, that tag team thing, you know, isolating a guy, all, all that kind of stuff. That's kind of like more like old school tag team wrestling. Um, for me, my two biggest issues, the video games, to me, that is horrible that that's even there in the first place. Not just this week, but even last week. To me, it's like, okay, so you're saying video games is more important than the wrestling and even as wrestlers it's like why would you be playing video games instead of watching what your opponents and the champions are doing from a competitive standpoint you want to see what's going on you know like when some of these guys they come out and they they sit uh, at the announce table because they, they want to get an eye on things but these guys are actually going to sit and play video games to me that again, try to make some sense out of the nonsensical business. And I very rarely use the word hate, but I hate that. There's no place at most, you know what, if, if these guys are going to be on their phones and maybe they're, they're playing WWE battleground or some other little <laughs> game on their phones like that, I'll give it to you. But having like a full fledged video game out there, nucking futz, man, drives me. Ugh. Um, <laughs> the other thing. And... All right. wait, 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 wait. Listen, I listened to the show last week. And I was going to text Tony. I said, this guy just said nothing but on the show. And you're not going to get away with saying that again. <laughs> Say it the right way. Say it. Say it. No. He won't. Say it, no. Andy. No. Say no. it. Don't let me call you prime minister. No, I, 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 unlike you, I don't have some puppet with my hand up his ass or your hand up oh. his ass. So I'll say what I want to say. Thank you. <laughs> you know Mr. Ricky told you. <laughs> my other, my my other issue, my other mm -hmm. issue, and and this is what you touched on, mm -hmm. and I would Touch like anything. anyone to tell me, when the referee did that, you know what I don't want to do just to piss Rick off, was was almost more knuck and futz than having the video games out there because where have you ever seen a referee drop down to his knees and like, turtle? You know, yeah, and turtle. Yeah. He could have just as easily accomplished the same thing when he's coming up behind. He could have stepped away, turned away, had his back to it in that same moment for that, you know, one second it takes to clock him with the belt would have looked a lot cleaner, a little, a lot more believable and a lot less stupid than, you know, like he was about to get shot. What was the commentary on that? They didn't mention anything, right? No, they, just they didn't say a word about it. it. Not a word. That was probably the probably smart thing. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised JR didn't go, what the fuck was that? But uh, <laughs> you know the worst thing about this whole video game garbage is? Uh, they've got Miro and Kip Sabian. They're so obsessed with video games, right? Yeah. Uh, how come Kip Sabian's been around the entire year and before Miro, he never even talked about a video game? <laughs> now he's playing them at ringside and it's his love? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Mm -hmm. This is not cool. Tony, you want to weigh in anything on this match? It's, everybody already said it. I mean, the, the whole okay. video game thing, and I got to yep. write in my notes you know, just stop with the video game reference because it's, it's so, like Andy said, it takes it, it takes away from what you're trying to watch, you know? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I tell you, FTR, 
I don't give them enough credit, but they did try to save this match as much as they could. But mm-hmm. when everything was starting to be a schmaz, they even they couldn't even control it. Like I think Rick or Andy said it about they 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 even looked at each other at one yeah, point. Yeah, James. Yeah. What? And uh, you, you know, so it, it was. What did I say? No, it's okay. Go on. Go on. <laughs> no, keep going. <laughs> and uh, so I was just like, you know, watching this match. And honestly, though. I have one more match that was decent, but this was a decent match for the whole show. And FDR did try to do their best while in in this match. Now, I will say this. I am a little upset because it was FTR versus the best friends. Mm -hmm. They should have just took those best friends out and put the new best friends in this match. This would have been a good time. Oh, Lord. and the Lone Wolf should have been (laughs) That's all. Like hey, we would have done that ten times a better job than those two jabronis. Hell we need yeah. to see two hernias on national television. Get <laughs> wow, wow. They're, they're bigger than tires. Uh, <laughs> they're bigger than tires. <laughs> um, I thought this was one of the best matches of the night. Uh, like I said, I had no problem with it until the end. I thought they really worked well, and, and even. Even Trent, we are always on his case, right? Or not Trent, sorry. Um, what's Chuck, the other? Chuck. Chuck. Chuck didn't look so bad tonight. He uh, he was okay. He was serviceable. He even played to the camera more than he ever does. So that yeah. was good on him. Yeah. But that last couple minutes went to crap. Everything. No, I, didn't like that. I didn't like the end either. Yeah, it was, that referee shit was atrocious. Wait, did you notice that, Raven, was- when it happened? Yeah, you know what? There was a lot through that match with the with the referee, a lot of fuck ups yeah. with the referee, but there was also um, a couple of spots there where they could have had um, they could have worked with that referee to fix some of those problems. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. No, remember, I'm new to this show, so yeah. if I get the names backwards, please correct me and yeah. let me know if I fucked it up or messed it up, whatever. Um, but there was at one point, I think it was um, Locks was in the ring, and because obviously he was in the ring because he took the whole fucking heat most of the time. Mm. Um, but they had him, and the ref kept turning around and looking at the other team, FTR, right? Is the yeah. other team? Yep. Turn around and looking at them and paying more attention, you know, what was going on there. Well, why didn't that Chuck guy come in and pull the referee away and give him a couple of seconds there just to let them try and work that spot if they're trying to get the heat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't listening to his counts either. They weren't paying attention. I don't know if the ref just wasn't being, um, what the hell? He just wasn't in it enough for it. Like, Aubrey <laughs> would have killed that match. Oh, yeah. She would have killed that match. Do you guys recognize who that match. ref is? Do you guys know who that ref is? No. That, that's all, the all those young bald guys. All bald guys look no, no, he, he's the young. He's the Young Bucks referee. He does all their matches. Oh, he really? All their bullshit happen. He's the guy who lets them do 30 moves before he counts. Like, he's the. He's, he's a piece so of shit. He's so slow moving. He is yeah. so slow moving. Like I said, yeah, that one really slow. count, he could not get to it. And I've been having a lot of issues with referees lately with the. With the you know, it's not the finish of the match. But you mm-hmm. can't even get a two a proper two count. You're trying oh your shoulders you know it's not the finish. So why are mm-hmm. you so focused on the shoulders? I get it. You wanna make it look as clean as possible. But when you stopping a two count that you know it's not the finish to say, Oh wait, your shoulders are not down, you just yeah. like you're killing it for me. It's like we gotta keep the match moving, you know? Mm-hmm. And the, the if you don't know how to the... spread the butter as a referee, get the fuck out. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Simple, right? you took the took the words right out of my mouth. 
Okay. So uh, next, next we have the supposed big segment that they've been milking all the week. MJF is going to come out and say some um, career-defining well, thing. Well, we had Miro's yeah. match. Yeah, Miro that was such a throwaway match. I was just going to. Well, yeah, okay, we had a big no, but, squash. Yeah, where Miro no, I, I'd everything. like to talk about that. Though. Well, that's, okay. that's just it though, because I want to talk about yeah. Miro, and this is something yeah. uh, that we touched on before. Okay. Now, because our whole thing, you know, for our our preference. Yeah. Miro has been wasted already just coming in as yep. the best man with this whole video mm-hmm. game thing. The the way he looked, because he had the new kind of, you know, whatever kind of fight, Muay Thai, shorts kind of thing. I love it. Like, I thought he looked awesome. He looked like a mm-hmm. beast. The way, you know, JR, what was it? The the uh, the brute that's Bulgarian or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we can't call him a, you know, whatever. I loved it. And to me, it actually as much as I loved what I saw, it frustrated me because here's like, okay, this is where he could have came in last week to challenge Cody for the TNT title instead of Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. He could have been mm-hmm. positioned like this to do something with, like, with John Moxley. And instead he's here. Yeah. Now, I mean, Sean Maluda. Good question on that though. <laughs> and who, sorry, sorry. I, I, I rewound it. I tried to hear it. Who is he the cousin of or nephew of or something? The he's Uso. one of the Samoans guys. He's, he's, he's one of the Samoans. That's Afa's nephew. Okay. Thank you. I, I rewound it. I still couldn't catch it. And I'm like, one of those guys will have known. They'll, they'll know. Yeah. But no, but I just want to throw this out there because we're talking about Miro. Now, he has been doing really well. So, you know, as far as his matches goes, he is yeah. he's looking great in the ring. You don't think he's going he's being a little bit stiff? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, he's just a tad bit stiff. Oh yeah. Just yeah. a tad. Just a wee tad. Just a the wee reason, tad. <laughs> the biggest reason I skipped this match and I was wondering if someone was going to catch it and, and make us talk about it is when a squash match happens, I get it. But mm-hmm. when something atrociously bad happens in that match that makes me feel embarrassed, I hate it. That Sean Maluto did something in this match that was so fucking cringeworthy that I hated it. And I don't know if you guys caught it, but it was a part where Miro grabbed him and went to throw him out of the ring. Miro put his hand on his shoulder and he ran and jumped right out of the ring before he was thrown. Oh, and, uh, and Miro followed through as if he was going to throw yeah. him anyways. So he That's already jumped thing. off before Miro throws him. Miro's throwing air. He's already jumping as if he's been thrown through the ring. And he didn't do it as an escape. He did it as, oh, I'm getting thrown. But it was so far Listen. off, it took everything out of the, the illusion. Go back and There's look at it. There's a reason why Sean Maluda is getting squashed on WWE TV and AEW TV. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, needs he was, a lot of but work. You know what? I liked his look better in NXT, though, when he was in NXT than yeah. the way he looks now. I was like, what the fuck is he wearing? But Yeah, but if you guys <laughs> go back and watch that, you'll see, and both of you will cringe and go, sure. okay, I can see why he didn't really want to look at that match too much. <laughs> yeah, Miro looks good. Miro looks good. I'll give him that. But then again, too, the same thing. Sorry, just to go back go on that match again, still with the video game reference. I'm yeah. like, yeah. well, Kip Saban holding a broken piece of video game, walking up and down the apron. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm see, I'm, I'm deferring that to, that's a certain demographic, and that's none of us. But, but no, that's but, it. No, but look, is. even for the. For the demographic, they don't even play arcade games. I was just gonna say that nobody has those games anymore. You have to do that because then what are you gonna do? You're gonna pick a PS, a PS5, or you're gonna pick an Xbox. Yeah, but then stream twitching it up. Yeah, but then it's like okay, well, if we're not getting paid by so and so or so, so we don't have any connection, we can't be doing, you know, generic. Well, the reason why they're doing that whole video game thing is is a jab at WWE because of the whole Twitch thing. 
and yeah. Miro is a huge Twitch guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why they've been doing this to show WWE. See, we can do it, but you guys can't. And that's this, all is that. why the, this is Plus why they Miro, need to focus on their own stuff and not worry exactly. about what WWE is doing. Exactly. Plus, Miro and Kip Saban actually met each other before AEW through Twitch, and they've had partnership things and been friends outside through Twitch. So it's real wow. that they do this stuff. I would have missed Chop. Did you guys catch that? The missed Chop? No. No. <sighs> You have to go back. Well, no, I wouldn't even I say go, go back, back and watch, and watch it. Watch. It's not worth the time. <laughs> I just, I, maybe this just shows my age, but instead of at the end when he says, you know, you, you broke my shit or whatever, I would, he sucked my battleship. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would have said they, they took away my, my ring and stick. <laughs> like they didn't, anyways, well, I'm trying to at least stay with like games, like, like, yeah. you know, like that was a game you awesome. ran down the street well, with the, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, a game of the past 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Andy. Oh, all uh, good. So Moving MJF. On. MJF comes up. This whole ridiculous... Okay, is it funny? Did, like, I for a second laughed and I thought, no, this isn't funny the way they're doing. I kind of want to thought maybe perhaps blah, blah, blah. Oh, you thought maybe blah, 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 blah. You know, and all these stupid wordplay. And for once, the only time I've ever seen Ortiz actually look tough was in that segment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, why can't we see that Ortiz I, more often? Yeah, bro, that is the Ortiz we need to see from here on out. And I said it when I, mm-hmm. I wrote it down on my notes. I was just like, "This is the Ortiz I want to see." This is Santana, yo. And especially now that, yes, I'm gonna say it. We had uh, you guys had my man Fabio Vega on quarantine. Make sure you guys check that out on Tuesday. Puerto Rican wrestlers, as much as Puerto Rican wrestling. It's considered like this great honor to be part of it mm-hmm. are not getting the respect in these on this elite level and mm-hmm. they 1000% man and they're New York Ricans and and there's a lot of Puerto Ricans who watch wrestling and just want to fucking be like yo that's the fucking guy I want to be that's mm-hmm. who I want to be to watch yeah and, and yeah Damian Priest didn't even get recognition as a, a, one of the few Puerto Rican champion, you know. I see. Uh, I didn't know he was Puerto Rican. Hold, yeah, he's from yeah. he's from the Bronx. The last guy, the last guy to hold it was uh, Carlito to hold a, a solo just title, title. A major championship. Title. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it sucks. But seeing Ortiz like that today gave me hope that maybe they're gonna fucking push Dude, these guys right. to be the badasses. And you've been saying it for a while, TJ. Yeah. You want to see them be the badasses that they are, not no fucking. Yeah. I'm yeah. So you're yeah. saying there's no young people in New York that wish they could go around like <laughs> <laughs> after no. they do the back scratch on them like Ortiz does? Okay. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that out there. Um, I, I'm going to throw this right there. This is proving my point. Andy, next week, the inner circle turns on Jericho and takes MJF instead. I agree. This was all red herrings. Really? You think so? The thing. That's yeah. what I yeah. see next week. They're going to turn on Jericho, force him into a face now, and MJF takes over the inner circle. Oh, I, could, I, I could see that coming out tonight's segments. But what about the yeah. with Sammy Guevara, though? Mm. He's going to lead. It's a red herring, dude. It's red herring. Yeah. Yeah. He I may even branch off on his own, but. Yeah, Sammy's going to branch off and be on his own. And he's going to be so focused. I'm so focused. I'm Matt Hardy. And he's going to go and just that thing and then everybody else is going to turn I, I see it too That's yeah, that, because you guys yeah. said that a couple of weeks ago Tom yeah. I was I was like wow he's right that's definitely yeah. going to happen and it makes sense because Jericho right now is ripe to be uh, a big face 
He, he really is yeah. an incredible heel right now. He, uh, his guys are, and people, come on, people come out and sing his freaking song. All the referees are, everyone's out there singing his song, song as he comes out. He's right now primed to be a hero. Yeah. Here we go. I love that. I want to. And I want to see somebody like Sam. It's like, just I wanted you to know, Chris. I hate that song. <laughs> but he's the one who sings it the most. <laughs> it's the worst song ever. No. Yeah, but he probably yeah, sings it just to make Chris Jericho happy. Oh, yeah. Tired of being the toy. Hey, yo. Okay. Hey, yo, dropping dimes over there. <laughs> um, it's okay, Tony just Schiavone. Canadian ones. It's it's a uh, oh, Canadian ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's worth nothing. Six, uh, five cents American. Yeah. Oh, okay, damn. next we go. Next we go to Britt Baker. The segment DJ, in the massage parlor. There hmm? was the uh, uh, the attack Archer on Moxley right before that, and I just wanted to just point out the mm-hmm. genius of Jake the Snake Roberts. When he was just like, can you help me put this vest on? <laughs> Archer's beating the shit out of Moxley. Archer, can you help me? And then the security guard started coming. He's like, can you help me put this vest on? I just love that so much because it's just it just shows you how Jake the Snake is, where he's just yeah. like, I don't give a fuck about what's happening. I just need help with my vest. <laughs> he's just so fucking good. Like, that's the Jake I want to see every time. Don't give as him a live mic, though. <laughs> as much as he is good, uh, both of both of these attacks back and forth with each other just came off to me as so bush league boring fake. Wah, wah, wah. I did Aww, not. I, I they fell it. flat for me. The attacks. Did you guys like it? Did was I it realistic it. to you? I hate it. They were they were just uh, trying to set the tone, I guess, mm-hmm. for later on, but it didn't work for me. Yeah, and we also established that uh, John Moxley's never even backstage ever. But so the want, one time he's hanging out backstage. Yeah, that's that. true too. But also, you know, you guys are pointing out little things about that little segment. Also, what about the guy in the background? While they're fighting, he's still fidgeting at <laughs> the table. Like, what the fuck? like I would have been like, holy fuck. Nope. <laughs> but he was still like. He's, he's like, like, I don't get no. paid enough for this he shit. Said, this is my spot. He's like, this is my spot. That, yo, I've been, I've been in a wrestling show before where I had a spot. <laughs> and they were trying to take it out in the middle of the match. And I'm like, God damn it. I wore this suit for a reason. We're going to do my spot. So you're not going to see my spot. <laughs> so, no. I appreciate what he did. He stood the ground. That he shit was hilarious. God damn it. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to take my shot. <laughs> he did. He, um, no, for him. he waited for it. He was just like... <laughs> So this happening, guys. <laughs> now, sometimes when, when funny things are set up, it's uh, a callback or a homage to a movie. And sometimes it comes off as, oh, what a good callback to it. Or sometimes it comes off as, oh, what a ripoff. For me, I felt like the whole Tony Schiavone getting the thing was a ripoff. Oh, yeah. A 40 year old virgin. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It didn't make me laugh. It was just stupid. It was just like, oh. <laughs> not only I'm that, not- how Brick Baker was freaking out. But then, like, literally a second later, they're, they're doing that whole thing with him still being naked. Yeah, and she gives him a towel to put over. And then she gives him a towel. Come yeah. up. It's just, Britt Baker is funny on her own. Sometimes you give her too much rope and she hangs herself. This this yeah. was the thing. She hung herself in this. It just looked terrible, this whole thing. Too much floss? <laughs> you, know, you know what and for little things and i and i understand why they did it what, what really got me though was mm-hmm. having the the music in the background yes yeah. i found that annoying and i found that took away from you know yeah. despite however you know 
campy, good, bad, the, yeah. the dialogue and everything was, to me, I was distracted by that music. And I understand because, you know, they were, they were doing the self-care and the mas- massage and all the others. Mm-hmm. No, no, you just don't need the music. Though. Let's, let's okay. hear, you know, let's have the quiet room where you can hear what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we're getting to this part where I am super interested because I know we all watch this tonight. I want your honest opinion. Forget about what you feel about the people involved. Talk about this match. I want to know what you guys felt about this 20 minute draw between Cody and Orange Cassidy. And I want to start off with, okay, Andy, you got your hand. You go ahead. <laughs> Andy? Uh, oh, no, no. There's, there's reasons why I'd like to go first. I mean, yep. who, who, who are you going to ask to go first before I put my hand up? I was going to go, I was going to throw it to Tony because I know uh, his, his problems with Orange Cassidy and I was curious. So, okay. Well, see, and that's okay. So, well, do you mind if I go first then? Go no, right no, go ahead. Okay. Okay. If I was not doing this show with you guys, mm-hmm. I will admit I probably would have fast forwarded to the finish of this match. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, Only because of the people involved? Well, well, because of Orange Cassidy. I'm not, okay. you know, again, I'm not, a, you know, I've said that in previous episodes. I'm not an Orange Cassidy guy. Uh, you know, he's, he does some, he's got some good stuff, but, but the, the shtick, and I'll touch mm-hmm. a little bit on it as a whole. I just, I'm sorry that the old school of me, I just don't, don't care for it. Um, the beginning, you know, the beginning when uh, Cody's bouncing off the ropes and he's trying to, you know, kind of get it, go to him into doing something that bothered me because yeah. babyface or not, you know, if you're going to go off the ropes and he's not even going to turn around to face you, he should, Cody should have just clobbered him, especially in a title match. That was just defending champion down. Yeah, straight. absolutely. I mean, I would say anybody in a, in a wrestling match, yeah. regardless, but especially as a champion, uh, mm-hmm. there was a few other times with, you know, with, with some of the stuff where it's just, I get that's the, the Orange Cassidy character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, once they <laughs> kind of got going, though, overall, overall, I will say that I was, for better or for worse, or because I was going to be part of the show, I watched the whole, you know, watched the whole match, and and I was into it. I was mm-hmm. into it enough, like it 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 genuinely kept my interest. So mm-hmm. that was cool. As Orange Cassidy started doing more stuff. To me, and I'll and granted, I didn't fully watch everything that he did with Jericho. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed this mm-hmm. more than what he did with Jericho. Uh, TJ, you and I have talked about the rub with Jericho and yeah. Orange Cassidy. To me, this match gave mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy more of a rub, more credibility mm-hmm. as a wrestler mm-hmm. than the stuff he did with Jericho. Yeah. Okay. So for for that for them to come later and say, okay, well they're going to have the rematch next week and all that. To me, I'm like, you know what? That's cool because you know, unlike a dog collar match that pops up for no reason, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some story, there's some logic behind this because he took him the distance. Uh, it, it was this for me. This was especially as a non-Orange Cassidy guy. Mm-hmm. This is the most impressed I've been with Orange Cassidy. To me, this told more of a story of like finally, it's like he's coming out. He's coming out like early on, like like I said, especially that opening, like. Dude, like, you know, oh, that was the other thing in the commentary. It's like, oh, yeah, well, was it Shivani or Excalibur? It's like, oh, yeah, well, I asked him, you know, why did you challenge him? Man, I'll get back to you. Oh, yeah, like, and I get it. I get, I get that the character is like, yeah. no, screw that. Like, that's just dumb. Yeah. Like, then why are you even in the ring? They, they yeah. still keep entertaining his, the thing, his stick, you know, his yeah. And, and like I said, and, and I, and I understand that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I still say it's dumb, not a fan, okay. but overall, for for what happened, what went through, uh, it, it it was it was it was good. It was good. Okay. 
Now I'm curious, Raven, you probably the first time you may have seen Orange Cassidy and had to watch his match exactly. What did you get out of the Orange Cassidy Cody match? Well, I've seen him a couple of times and I'm not a big fan. Mm-hmm. I don't like his shtick. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of with Andy on that whole thing. I don't get the hands in the pocket and tapping somebody's shins with your foot. You know, if, if you're going to use that as trying to be cocky or whatever, again, as him being a champion, he should have just smacked him in the face. Like, come on, kid. You know? Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So the beginning, I I was really losing interest in it. And I didn't know if I really even wanted to watch the match. Mm-hmm. Partway through the match, though, um, Cassidy has some good technical stuff. He's a little sloppy on some of it. I don't know if that's just part of his character or whatever. But there was some pretty good technical stuff that happened in there, honestly. And I, I like Cody Rhodes. So mm-hmm. all in all, it wasn't too bad, but not a fan of Cassidy. Okay. Oh, Tony? Oh, oh, oh sorry. 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 Real quick, this was one other thought. Um, not a fan of Cody going back to the blonde. Oh, yeah. It only lasted a week. I, I just noticed. I did this notice that. too. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first thing I noticed when he came out. So I'm like, wait, did he have, yeah. have dark hair last week? Yeah, it was the first thing. First thing I noticed too. I was that like, was for oh, the show. Really? Oh yeah. That was for the show he was on. Yeah, that's all it was. He probably so, Tony, got some shit about it too. <laughs> so Tony, watching the match, did it legitimize at all Orange Cassidy in any form for you, or or not? In, in all honesty, I, I, watching this well, match. Here, here's. I mean, Andy nailed it exactly yeah. on how I feel about this match, also because. He does that little routine almost every single match in the beginning. But I will give Orange Cassidy credit because he he can wrestle. He can do things in the ring. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's still a little, a little bit green with certain things, and, and I've caught that, and I'm just like, I cringed about it. And But I was just mm-hmm. like, you know what? He's still actually holding his own. But I, I did notice that Cody looked like he was a step behind a few times where he didn't know what to do. Not, I don't want to say know what to do. He knows what to do, but you know, it just, it just, he just looked out of his element here and there. Surprisingly though, this, I had this as the second best match of the night, okay. um, but I did, I mean, orange, I mean, my thing is this, it's, it's, I always say this all the time. It's like saying the same joke over and over and over again. After a while, you're going to be like, it's not funny anymore. With Orange Cassidy, when he he keeps constantly doing this stick with the hands in the pocket, you know, and the slow kicks and the you know the light chop and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it is funny. But it's how far are you gonna take that? You yeah. know, it's that mm-hmm. honest. <laughs> you guys are gonna crack it when I say this, but something like that should be on special occasions. <laughs> no, you know, no, go in I there, agree. actually do a wrestling match, actually, because the guy is. I, I gotta. One of the, I think one of his greatest matches that I've seen him have was with Pac at that one yep. page. This one here, I would have to say, was his second best, and the Jericho was his third. But I okay. think exactly what Andy just said, though, I think he got more legitimized with this match than he did with uh, than what he did with Jericho. Um, okay. The one thing I do got to point out, and and the funny thing is, we even had Cody on the show too. Is that <laughs> Cody, he always has to make everything um, ex- extravagant for himself. The entrance yeah. is everything has to, you know, because honestly, for me, didn't make sense for him to get that title back so quick just because and it but it just made everything made sense. Oh, he just did it because he was doing a show. He comes back, gets the title back. <laughs> hold this while I'm gone. Yeah, yeah hold this <laughs> when I'm gone. I said that on the show last week. Yeah. 
And then he gets a title shot on the 100th show. Oh, not a title shot, but he's given the title shot. Yeah. But one thing that's really, really irritating me, and I mentioned this before, and I'm going to say it again because it's starting to get out of hand, and I hate to even say this, is Arn Anderson. Stop yes. the coaching thing, doing this, um, you know, with the card. Like he yeah. has a playbook and trying to show. And then Cody going along with it, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Okay, I'll do that, coach. No, you ain't going to do that because it's fucking stupid. This is dumb. Why Why are you doing that? Arn Anderson, I used to like you, man. And now, fuck it. I want to throw something, but I just don't know what. I, I like my house. But uh, it's, it's, I, he's got to stop. Stop with the, the oh, yeah. my God. Fuck. And the tracksuit? Wasn't that awesome? No. <laughs> <laughs> Old man tracksuits. They're the best. It's, it's, His wife has a matching but, one. Unfortunately, like I said, this but is it's velvet. Everybody loves Elvis. <laughs> okay. Except for Elio. Velvet? Except for Elio. I have a question I want all of you guys quickly to yell out. Okay. Elio, don't answer this because you probably don't. How many years has Orange Cassidy been wrestling? What do you guys think? 15. Yeah. yeah 16 I was going to say years. like 10, 12 years. It's 16 years is his wrestling record. <laughs> really? Yeah. I get the whole gimmick stuff because let's face it. The dude is small. He's thin. He, he weighs a lot less than any heavyweight. He's, he's not as quite as tall. So I get why he's incorporated all the goofy shit because he kind of covers that up and then he bursts out and does his wrestling. Yeah. But it does get tiresome. I get sick of the, the, the shin stuff. Gotta stop. That shit's all indie-rific. No need for that. Yeah. Hands in the pocket. Well, okay. It's kind of funny to watch him go through the ropes and through the things with his hands in his pocket. Uh, he does wrestle well. You know? Uh, I thought this... I, I didn't know what was going to come out of this match. I didn't really know. I was worried. And then as it's going on, I'm thinking, fuck, how long is this match going to go? Uh, at the end of the match, it legitimized him a bit for me because I honestly thought, oh, my God, are they actually going to give him the win at the 19-minute mark? <laughs> it almost felt like they were going to. If they can make you almost feel like that, you kind of legitimize the guy. A bit. Well, I, I just want to throw a question out yeah. to everybody, too. What do you guys feel about the whole keeping records and shit? I kind of like it because it's different. Yeah. I like it because it's different. It's a little bit different. I th I think they can. It's a it's a thing there that when they want to use it and make something of it, it's an additional yeah. prop. Yeah. I mean, how impressive! The, how impressive when they talked about Lance Archer and Moxley's records and then combining. That sounded 30, cool. Thirty-two and one or thirty-three and one or something. Yeah. yeah. And and just yeah. A, it just <laughs> as a funny. Yeah. If they were both, they haven't lost a match. Well, Archer right. just lost the one, right? Because he lost, he lost the, the one finals, to Moxley. The first and Archer lost to Cody. No, I'm saying yeah. which that's that what I'm saying. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the match with MJF and Moxley, they were both undefeated. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you get stuff though. Hey, this week on AEW Dark, which pretty much nobody really watches, but I glance at the results. Yeah, they had a they had a match where two guys were they were called it was called beating the zero or something. Peter Avalon and the other guy both had records of zero and seventeen or something like that. Good <laughs> for them. Yeah, and, and it awesome. went to a double disqualification, so neither of them got a that's, victory. That's good. See, to me though, that's a nice little side YouTube yeah. gimmick though. I can yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> so it it kind of fits. It it will bite you in the ass. We've seen the MJF stuff where the guy was like, had was undefeated and yet never got a title shot. So it can bite you in the ass, but I kind of like it. I, I just because it's different. But just to go back to the Orange Cassidy and Cody yeah. match, I have to say the draw killed mm -hmm. it for me. I it? was enjoying the match and the draw just absolutely killed it. This is your one year anniversary show. You're not going to have a pay per view for another month. 
-hmm. at least give us something. Give us a clean win. Give Cassidy the strap. If you give it to him, I understand, like, you want to legitimize it. But what they did with Cody last week was stupid. Like, I'm sorry. He should have never won that dog collar match. And and, and clean as well. And Mm -hmm. to have the Dark Order, at least have him lose because the Dark Order cost him the match. You know, right. and have right. and have now Cody at the pay per view. You know what? We couldn't solve it in a dog collar match. Let's have it in a fucking cage match. Let's fucking do a a crazy fucking stipulation. Orange Cassidy with the strap would have been better because now you have Cassidy having a title. He's not going to do the shin shit no more. He's not going to do his hands in his pockets because now he's a fucking champion. And mm-hmm. now you take him away from best friends. He's on a solo run, and you give him other people to fight that. Haven't been on TV as much. Have them fight people like Sonny Kiss, like Cody gave shots to. You mm-hmm. know, give Andy Anderson or Tony Diaz a shot at the fucking TNT title. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's just like Orange Cassidy should have won tonight clean, and they dropped the ball on that, and I don't want to see another match with these two because that fucking match was too long in and, itself. And I'm, I'm going to say the opposite, that had either one of those guys won this match, I would not give two shits about the rematch two weeks later. But because it came competitive, no, because it came competitive and no clear winner, I kind of want to see the rematch now. If Orange Cassidy had won and they were going to give the reshot back to Cody, I wouldn't give a shit because I think Mm. that they're not really going to jump the title back and forth like that. It takes out the drama. But the fact that he came that close legitimately looking like he was going to win, and, you know, it was in the middle. He was like at the second count when the bell. No, I get it. It was very well timed. That makes me me want to see this rematch in two weeks. But let me ask you this. Yeah. If Orange Cassidy does not win that belt when they right. fight again, does that kill Orange Cassidy? Oh. Not if he puts up a hell of a good fight. If he, if it's not a, a Cody uh, squash, if he puts it up where he almost gets legitimately close to winning, I think it, it even legitimizes him more. I disagree. I, I then he's not a one-trick pony. Then he's a he's a well, competitor. Well, let me and throw that, this at you because that's why mm-hmm. I was asking you guys about the rank or their their win loss record. Yeah, because I think his win loss record is like seventeen and nine, mm-hmm. and then it, now I think it went uh, seventeen nine and one because of the draw. Yeah, he loses now he becomes seventeen and ten. Okay, yeah. that's one thing. So that I mean that that's a good re- record. Obviously he's over five hundred, but mm-hmm. you know whatever. But my other question to you guys too is that okay, so if he wins the belt, would he be? I mean, a legitimized champion. On any given night. Huh? On any given night. Is that the saying? <laughs> Just to kind, <laughs> to kind of to yeah. kind of what Tony said and, and, to, yeah. and to Rick said, like for me, my thing and, and now I'll preface this because because TJ, you know, we've talked before yep. about kind of my disliking for fantasy booking and yep. not knowing, you know, whatever. I I struggle to see them giving Orange Cassidy the title. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see them trying to legitimize him because to me, it's like, if you, as much as we can kind of cringe with his gimmick and his shtick, mm-hmm. if you take it that away from him, then to me, he's just another wrestler with the skinny not wrestler. much, yeah, not much to him. You know, it's, it's, you know, if, if he can, maybe if he's less, there's more, or like Tony said earlier, you know, you pull out that stuff more, you have more for the special occasions then that works. Uh, mm-hmm. I liken it back to Santino and I forget what run it was. I mean, you know, when Santino was over huge with the Cobra, he had a shtick there. Oh, there yeah. was, th- there was the one year where the elimination chambers at the elimination chamber or something, they, it came down to like him and Daniel Bryan. And it was like, you know, <laughs> I wanted to win. 
but, but, that, but that's just it. But that, you know, and, and this, and that's exactly what I'm getting at. Like everybody was behind Santino. Everybody was kind of like, you know, right behind, behind him. So in part to me, it's, you know, maybe he doesn't need a title because mm-hmm. like, you know, how are you going to legitimize? And secondly, to have a, you know, it's kind of the old adage with, with, with wrestling. I was like, are you really going to have a comedy act as, as one of your champions? Mm. It's been it done does, many times though. Well, but does it ever really work that well? Think what him man. it would greatest Honestly. intercontinental champion of all time. <laughs> yeah, but right. no, yeah, yeah, okay, but no, but honky tonk for for what he was though, I I wouldn't yeah. compare that kind of gimmick to like an Orange Cassidy type of yeah. comedy gimmick or a yeah. Santino Morella. But think, think of this, Andy. We're we're talking about the TNT title. It's not even the main title. It's a secondary title, a la U.S. Championship, a la Intercontinental Championship, where you can comfortably throw an up and comer or a novelty act on I for agree a couple with months. That. Yep. And so okay. I don't see giving him that belt isn't that much of a stretch. It's just the TNT television title, for God's sakes. I, I will half agree. Maybe an up and comer, but not the novelty act. Because then you because then, you know, if, if it's a lukewarm kind of thing anyways, mm-hmm. and you know, over time, look at you know, for what it's worth with the US title for the Intercontinental title where guys have like, okay, I want to bring prestige back to it, I want to kind of do this back to it. Because it, you know, if if you're gonna try, it turns into like, okay, was well, the belt gonna make the person, or is the person gonna make the belt? Mm-hmm. And, and I think by having Orange Cassidy as a champion, mm-hmm. I, I don't think the belt will make him, and I don't think he will make the belt, and I don't think that really does a service to either of them. Yeah. Well, okay. let's go back to also Cody winning that title in the first place messes everything up, and I'll tell you why. He beat Lance Archer to get that title, and yep. he beat uh, Lee to get that title so yep. now who can he lose to like he can't yep. lose to orange cassidy like I, I just convinced myself he can't lose to orange cassidy yep. because he beat brody lee and fucking lance archer to big monsters yep so it has to be another monster that takes it from him you you have unleveled your t- championship title in the first fucking year of yep. its well, existence yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll agree wrestling. with you they don't well, yeah. always mean. Yeah, no, no. But 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 Rick and I'll agree with you. And I, I think probably straight across the board here, we, we we can all agree. It's like, you know, Cody should have never won the title in the first place. Yeah. 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 Totally. No, that was that was mistake number one. Well, they also shouldn't have gave him he could never have a title shot, which precipitated him having to win <laughs> that belt. Wow. It's just yeah. a domino bad effect. Um, okay. This part is just annoying as fuck. Okay, Tony Schiavone interviews Matt Hardy. Welcome back, Matt Hardy. When did he ever leave? The guy was on up until last week, for fuck's sakes. When did he ever leave? He told a big speech. I'm going to go away and heal up for a while. And when I come back, that's Sammy Guevara. But no, he just never left. And then they're welcoming him and his family back. The whole thing was, and then. And Sammy, it was me. It was me. All along. Yeah, he said it was me all along. It was, it was totally it was totally higher power. It was me all along. As soon as he said it, I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> it was, it was, it was me stupid. all along, Austin. It was stupid. And do we even really care? Do we really want to see Sammy no. Guevara injuring Matt Hardy for real? <laughs> Constantly. Know, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many times he's going to keep doing it. But, yeah, that was what it was. Um, then this I'm, thing, guys. Sorry, just really quick. Having said that, though, I enjoyed that little piece of Sammy Guevara. I, I liked the whole thing with lighting the pictures on fire, and I liked seeing that serious nature from him. Okay. I thought it, I thought it was different than the like you know different than a couple segments earlier where he's the guy wearing the jacket that's four sizes too big. And <laughs> like this. That was I mean, so bad. You know, so it was it was nice to see 
Okay. That's true. Like a serious moment. Cause and you talk about like the, the, the glitz and the other stuff like that. Yeah. And like, you know, if, if you're talking about a feud where legitimate or not, you hurt somebody and nearly you know, end their career. Like to me, like it, it shouldn't, you know, it, that's some serious shit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that was, that was cool to see that. Well, let's move from some kind of reality to some who knows what the fuck fantasy was going on here. And we're talking about this ridiculousness of picking uh, teams that were going to go be, face each other yeah. coming up to make a number one contendership. We get, uh, what do you call them, Tony? I, I love the name you came up for private party. What are those guys? Broke back what? Broke back street profits. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, love that hair Mark Quinn has. What do you even name Mark Quinn? Okay, anyways. Um, so they pick them. Who else do they pick? The Butcher and the Blade. Yeah, like they're ever yep. going to win anything. They never oh, have. They probably no. never will. Um, and then they call up the Young Bucks. And here's one thing. I This is where I don't get writing sometimes in AEW because you pointed out, okay, Tony Schiavone was mad when he read the Young Bucks thing, right? Yeah. But he specifically said last week when they asked him if he was okay, he said, oh, I'm okay. I don't even blame the Young Bucks. I've known them a long time. They're good guys. So he was just like, oh, yeah, super kick me. I get it. I forgive you. But then this week yeah. now he's like, oh. You know. How, how was he again? You know. Sorry, how was he again? But. He looked like that I, character from uh, uh, the Minions. What's his the Groot? Groot. Groot. Yeah. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> so, um, well, this whole I thing was stupid. The 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 Young Bucks name shouldn't have been called last because everybody knew that the name was going to get called last. Yeah. yeah. The second or third. And you're just like, oh, okay. And then throw a totally random team in there that hasn't been there. Yeah. Chaos Theory or whatever the fuck they were. The Chaotic Theory whatever. No, put don't them put them in. in. No, don't. No. I know, I no. know. They're terrible. No, I know they're terrible. But throw a miscellaneous tag team. You threw out four tag teams that we see on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So you took out all the mystique of a lottery. And yeah. You know the paper was blank. But yeah. you, took away, <laughs> you took away all the mystique. Yeah. Because we knew the Young Bucks were going to come out last. We knew that that it was going to be four tag teams that we see every fucking week. Like, we don't – like, just change it up. Put Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. They love fucking throwing them two out whenever they need a fucking smosh or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Put them out there. But not uh, only that, shouldn't you think they should have thrown in the Lucha Brothers? They haven't been in a tag in a long time. Yeah. Right? They have tournament. They're, well, because they're in the other tournament. They're what split up and facing yeah. each other in first round oh. of yeah, the and then they're going contender. On, now. That's that. I wrote that in here too. That's like the most predictable world title tournament yeah. I've ever fucking seen. Page Whoa. and Omega. There. No, nope. it. it ain't gonna be Page and Omega. Yes, it's gonna it be is. Wardlow. It's gonna be Wardlow and Omega. No. We've yeah, had discussions yeah, we'll about see. this. For You'll see. But okay, back to this tag team one though. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you know, and it's one thing. I mean, you know, there's the the other this other thing, but. Mm-hmm. Again, to what Tony said five minutes ago. Okay, what do we think of records? Well, why are we having this thing for yeah. tournaments? Why do you keep having tournaments for everything if you've got <laughs> fucking records to tell you who the number one contender is? I bitch about this every week. It's That part is stupid. Yeah, I hate it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't be well, sorry. This, this week it's not about records. Maybe next week it will be. 
yeah. not this week. <laughs> but not this week. <laughs> not this the week. funniest part of that whole segment, I don't know if you guys caught this, but the Young Bucks are going crazy. They're like fucking kicking and throwing shit. They pick one of them picks up that the the metal thing that had the the papers in it, and he whips it at FTR, and it actually hits one of them. I didn't see it. I saw that. Yeah. And, and, and he has this look like, oh, shit. Like, he didn't mean to like, actually hit the guy. He turned around like, dude, you really fucking hit me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing was, yeah. that part was pretty funny. Yeah, I've seen that. Gee, that part of wrestling, that was real. Yeah. <laughs> People say wrestling isn't real. Show them that clip. <laughs> right. So this whole thing, yeah, I'm not liking it. I think it's dumb. There, there's no point for all these tournaments if you have legitimate number one contenders. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, so let's just let's get on to this. And I'm gonna I, I I asked Raven to really take a look at this one for me. Yes. Kikiro Shida against Big Swole. And before I bury Big Swole, let's talk to Raven <laughs> about this match. Woman's point of view here. Woman's point of view. All right. Um, I don't know the match. All in all, from beginning to end, wasn't too bad. You can't completely kill the match. Um, they had they started off with some really great chaining at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like that Renault went over really well. Um, they had that falsy spot. That was really nice. You have to give it to them. And Aubrey's refing in there, I think, made most of the match. Watching her in there, she was always no. There's a couple times she was in the wrong spot, but most of the time she was where she um, should have been. Um, I think a lot of the stuff that they did, they tried to show like power for power. Mm-hmm. They weren't letting one of one of the girls stronger than the other. It really was power for power. They went back and forth a lot. The Samoan drop was fucking. It that was brutal. I thought for sure she was going to break that girl's ribs on that one. Yeah. Um, and there was the a master of the, the Samoan drop. Myself, I cringed. Yeah, and that was my finisher for years. Oh, really? Samoan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so when I watched that, I was like, Fuck. well, maybe we both need she's to want to slap Rick around. So. Yeah, I was going to say she would join the stable. <laughs> yeah, she's going to join the stable now. I'm the manager. We're gonna be, we're gonna be, we're gonna be the custom best friends. <laughs> custom friends. Hey, don't bring that shit into this. Come on. Get it at least once. <laughs> you the CBF, to, right? custom best friends. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go on. Uh, Made to order. Andy in that book. I think Andy needs to go on the book. <laughs> oh damn! Um, I already got put in a book. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. And um. Uh, she does knee strikes. I really yes. enjoyed those. Yeah, she's yes. really good at that. Yeah, she's really good. When actually, when when we talked, I don't know if it was earlier or yesterday, you said that it was the best woman in the business versus the and worst. What did you call the business? In right. AEW, the, ver- so, the best mean, in AEW versus yeah. the worst in AEW. AEW, that's right. I correct myself, and uh, I can absolutely see what you meant by that. Absolutely yeah. see what you meant by that. Um, big swole. She's kind of clumsy. She can't, you could see the other lady there. She was struggling to get her up on a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Like she just couldn't get her ass off the ground for nothing. No matter what move she was taking, yeah. no matter where she was, she was struggling to get her ass up. Like she's just a sandbag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And she you would did. think being married to Cedric, she would be able to fucking like, yeah. he would be working with her. Cause he flips all around the fucking ring. Yeah. You would right. think that he would help her out with that. But- and that they did outside the ring where she was trying to suplex her over the, the she had it like yeah. four or five. Yeah. She was like, fuck bitch, get over. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and if you guys noticed this as compared to last week's match, when Swole slowed down to a normal pace, the match worked well. 
but then she kept speeding up way too fast. She, she, how many times did she throw that fucking roaring elbow? But the girl was so far out of position that she stopped midway through the move, walked forward a bit and did it. And it's like, that, that, that was ridiculous, you know? Yeah. I, I really had problems. The only thing I'm going to give Sheeta shit for this today is she got caught with the old uh, throwing the kick and slapping the leg was so yeah. obvious on TV tonight that it was like, oh, this is Mexican wrestling. But uh, go on, Raven. Well, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I got to say. Okay, I want to hear what else? Elio has to say about Big Swole because I know he loves yeah. Big Swole. Oh, he's, he, he swelled um, himself. I'm sure oh. he's big. I'm not a fan of Big Swole. Okay. Do you want anything about you want to weigh in on this match? Oh uh, yeah, this match. Uh, for the most part, uh, so it was not a bad match, uh, mm-hmm. but it was a lot better than uh, the last last weeks. Okay, okay, cool enough. Anyone else want to weigh in on this, or should we move on? It's just well, for me, it's like Sheeta. She, honestly, she's one of my favorites in AEW. Mm-hmm. She's got the look. She can wrestle, so mm-hmm. I mean, she wouldn't be in a position if she couldn't. But even her, yeah. she couldn't make this match worth watching. I'm sorry. No, Big no it was not a good one. A lot of work to do. And I, I can tell Sheeta was really trying to make this match work. And she, Big Swole was just not, she yeah. just not was there. I mean, I don't know what it is, to be honest. I mean, they see, obviously they see something in Big Swole, but. But we um, don't. We don't. <laughs> you know? I've seen it. It's like, yeah, you know, and to put her against Sheeta, um, even she couldn't make this match good with her. How okay. about this? How about we throw this out for a hot topic, you mm-hmm. know, about Big Swole? What do people mm-hmm. see in her? Because I, I'm really curious is if are the fans even into her, yeah. you know, because then what is the reason? If the fans are not into her, then why is she on TV every week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I think the biggest reason, the only selling factor that they have, she has a unique body look. She is built like she yeah. should be super powerful. There's not a lot of women who look like that. Unfortunately, yeah. she doesn't have any wrestling skills to go along with this great body. Yeah. You, know? you know what? She she comes off as a Dana Brooke 2.0. Now, yeah. I'm not saying Dana Brooke is bad. But she is come a long way to what she was. Yeah, when Dana Brooke Brooke first came out, she was this bodybuilder who just was a Barbie doll. You know, that's what Vince loved about it. Oh, she's a bodybuilder and she got blonde hair. Big swole. She's just a big girl, muscular. And they like, oh, okay, we're going to put her out there. She's going to destroy people. But if you don't have the, this is what I keep saying is to say, if you don't have the in-ring ability, you shouldn't be in a ring. It's fucking dangerous. For, you you have someone's life in your fucking hands. Like yeah. people don't understand the seriousness of wrestling. Like and just come because on, you bitch. have a look, just because you have a look, yeah. you shouldn't be pushed on television yet if you're obviously not ready. Yeah, exactly. I, I, will, I will say this: two things. Matt I Morgan. Say, <laughs> I will say this about. Uh, yeah, I know, right? About Arch Cassidy. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> number one, I'm not a big fan of her name. Big yeah, song. the no, name is terrible. I'm not. It's it's just that's a really bad name. I mean, yeah. I, I know what she's trying to get at, but it's not working, girl. Another thing too, what do you guys feel as far as a fantasy goes? Um, Big Swole versus Bianca Belair. Poof, Bianca Belair. Well, no, the reason why I'm saying is because Big Swole, you know, she's supposed to be this broad kit, you know, chick, and then you got Bianca Belair who can pretty much beat up everybody. You know? <laughs> 
Imagine that as a fantasy match, though. I think Bianca. No, I'd prefer not to. Hands down. <laughs> what? I said I prefer I'm not good. to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Because, you know, because Bianca's a little green too. Mm-hmm. You know, just think of those two. But I think Bianca honestly would shine more better than oh, um, absolutely. Bianca Belair is ripe compared to how green Big yeah, Swole oh, yeah. is. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, guys, 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 guys. I think they want to be called African-American, not green. Oh. <laughs> well, hey, if that's what you're into, I guess. But uh, <laughs> You know what, I... Rick? You're about as good friend as Hulk Hogan is right now. I try to defend you. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can, we, can, I, here, can I say, wow. can I say away from this into yeah. something I made a note of that, yeah. that nobody else has brought up? I don't know if it'll get brought up. And I think this has happened more, well, it happened more than once tonight. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's happened on other episodes. And, and I am not a technically sound person. So, you know, kind of like Rick you know, saying, you're like, beer belly, don't drink beer. So it's, it's not like mm-hmm. I'm some technical whiz. But I have an issue with a show being you know, big money on a major, major station and they can't get their audio straight when you're trying to go from the promos, whether it's okay, well, are you showing it in the building or are you showing it on TV and you get the echo and then sometimes they can fix it. Sometimes (laughs) they don't fix it. I find, I find that a distraction. And to me, that's, I, again, not that I'm any sort of expert, but that's something that should not be, you know, maybe it happens once it happens one week. It should Mm -hmm. not happen more than that. Mm-hmm. I, I find that very just i don't say unprofessional but you know no it is less professional it's amateurish how's that amateur amateurish yeah it's indie-rific indie-rific it's not andy-rific no no it's just a step above andy-rific <laughs> <laughs> that's a word all right <laughs> Let's move on now to, I found this extremely weird, and I guess in some ways it's good, but some ways it's ridiculous, is we had a whole video patch, package explaining upcoming matches and a feud brewing on a TV show that these guys aren't on. We got treated to a Sean Spears talking all about his problems with uh, Scorpio Sky, and hey, watch yeah. Dark, which no one really does, and you'll know <laughs> what the fuck we're talking about. That seemed like a waste of time for me, I'm sorry. That was for me. Uh, yeah. I don't even know what he was talking about because I don't watch Dark. Yeah, who, <laughs> anybody watches Dark? I think it was a waste of time. Well, I mean, I get it if they're trying to draw viewers over to Dark. Mm-hmm. I actually, I enjoyed the promo though. Oh, I thought it was well and, done. Yeah, I thought it was a very well done promo. I, and I like Sean, you know, like Sean mm-hmm. Spears' delivery, and and just uh, you know, for especially because lately all you see is Tully with uh, FTR. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just to me, just that visual of kind of him in behind off to the side of, of Sean Spears. I thought that looked badass. I thought it was kind of like a Chucky doll, just so he sort of slipped behind him. Like, <laughs> I, however you want it, like to me, I was like, but, but you know what? To me, though, it's like, man, it's like I, I miss seeing Sean Spears with Tully on Dynamite. You mean you yeah. miss watching Sean Spears lose every week with Tully? Whatever, you know, but but but, but he but, never but, won ever. I know, but with, this kind of, with this kind of with this kind of presentation, though, like, yeah. And again, this no, is just I, potential and how things yeah. are booked and and whatnot. Like, to me, you know, like that looked like I said, that looked badass. That yeah. looked believable. That's something I wanted. You know, this, the same way you talk about like Ortiz and you know the, mm-hmm. the Puerto Ricans. You want to see like that's how I want to see more. Like, especially the last time, or at least one of the last times I saw Sean Spears on TV, wasn't that when he got his pants pulled down? He had the, the Tully underwear on or something. Oh, yeah, garbage. yeah. Like, now, I don't, I want to see that is what I want to yeah, see. I, see, what would have made I this totally interesting? I totally agree. 
what would have made this great is if they actually would that was a promotion for this their match on dynamite next week yes lead us up and then introduce us then but to lead up this cool thing and then say we'll turn on the obscure show no one else watches yeah yeah mm, yeah that was a waste of time then you took all this great promo because it was a good promo it looked pretty interesting yeah you know and to end as a note uh sean spears is undefeated on dark since he's been with uh with uh, Tully, and he's been using the black glove mostly to load it up. Well, let's bring him back up to the main roster, kid. I think that's <laughs> yeah, the eventual that's thing yeah. when Kenny Omega forms the Four Horsemen. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll see that. Okay, sure. uh, main event time, and I got to tell you guys, I have never been so underwhelmed <laughs> because I've seen yeah. this before, Archer and Moxley, and it just really wasn't all that great to begin with. Here's their giant rematch. And out, watch, out walks um, uh, <laughs> just Lance Archer. Didn't he look like, I thought he was like some weird fireman. <laughs> he had like a fire jumpsuit on and this, I thought it was a fire helmet at first. And I was like, what the, what the fuck's going on here? Um, I, I know I know. everybody says Braun Strowman looks like Ogre from Nerds, but I swear when he came out with that helmet on and that thing like that, I saw Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds too. <laughs> I just saw some terrible John Cena movie where he was a firefighter. And then when I saw this, it was like, he's a firefighter. Like, <laughs> oh wait, no, this is, this is an archer. Yeah. It was, it was kind of Horrible. dumb looking. I, I, I thought it was pretty silly. Um, then the match happened. Uh, I'll let That's you guys talk about really it, but I got to say it was kind of a snooze fest for me. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't really all impressed. I think I was more impressed what happened at the end of the match than anything else. See, Anyone want to grab now, this one? I'll, I'll jump on it first because I just want to say this is why this show in general works with our POVs because at the end of the day, it is all about what we personally think about yeah. it. And a lot of you said that you enjoyed Orange Cassidy and Cody and I was just like, yeah. I didn't like the finish. I thought this was the best match on the card, honestly. I, I was really excited about it. I thought the wrestling, I thought the storytelling was excellent. Um, okay. I didn't like the, the finish. Um this is a match where I could have saw a DQ or mm -hmm. could have saw a, a But it was a no DQ match. You know, yeah. I, I know, I know. But I'm saying, like, if you could have had uh, Kingston pull, take him <laughs> yeah, out, yeah, yeah. you know, like, yeah. just, like, take him out of the arena or whatever. And just Like a no contest. No, yeah, a no contest. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Like a no contest for sure. Like, this is one of those matches where it, it kills Archer more than mm -hmm. it gives Mox, like, Okay, you did. You won. And then to go into Eddie Kingston, that's the part where I'm just like, really? Like we're gonna go from Lance Archer to Eddie Kingston? Yeah. When they did that, for me, they took away everything that happened in that match, and yeah. I think it took me away from it though. But as far as Lance Archer goes, for me, I don't think they did any justice to him ever since he's been in AEW. No, 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 they have not. And, and that's where I disagree with Rick when I think of this. You know what? Yes, the actual, what happened was a great story. Mm -hmm. But it was a story where nobody gave a fuck about the two people in the story. Because yeah. Moxley has been kind of not the best presentation lately. And Archer has been presented as kind of a joke. But Everybody's going to die. And blah, blah, blah. Cody for the team title. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he's going for the AEW because he won in that the Battle Royal, whatever. Uh, another he, reason why records matter. matter. Yeah. <laughs> And plus, we're at the fact of that. Why not give Moxley someone new and exciting when he's already beaten Archer? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And so for me, that's why it was, yeah, it was a great match. 
But sometimes a match isn't enough. Sometimes you need the story of the match. And I don't mean the story being told, but the story of the people going into the match. And Archer was never going to win. We knew that. This, this is what the one thing I hated about this entire card. There was not one person on this card that I thought had an outside chance of, of winning a belt. It was definitely Champions Night all the way around. And that's your anniversary show. Yeah. That was a letdown. Yeah. Was um, it not heel heavy too? What, what do you mean? AEW is heel heavy. Yeah, it kind yeah. of is. They're the outlaw rogue company. Like every every everybody who went over tonight, were they not heel? Well, Mox is a baby face. Is he? Baby face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Believe yeah. it or not, he is the baby face. Yeah. She is a baby face. Mox is a face. That's what Cody's I said a baby face. Yeah, she. But he didn't go Cody's over though. Up. Cody didn't go over though, but. But yeah, it's no, it's what you're thinking, Raven. Is they present the people so much cooler, like they present like you know the heels as being so much cooler than everyone else, even that they kind of dominate your idea at the end of the matches, you know. I guess that I need to true. watch AEW more often. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else want to say anything about this yeah, match? Yep. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, I, 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 I don't say if I enjoyed the match. I liked the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for me, what saved it was the fact they did throw in the no DQ stipulation. I think had it just been a regular match, um, mm-hmm. you know, whether they were going to do all that stuff, all that stuff, all that stuff at the end. Because <laughs> eh, either way, it's, either way, it's kind of like Archer was kind of screwed. Yeah, I think we can yeah. kind of generally agree on that. But but throwing in the no DQ thing, I think it uh, it told a, it helped tell their story a bit more. It made the match a little more interesting, a little more fun. Uh, to me, having a no DQ match with those two individuals made way more sense than having a dog collar match last week. <laughs> oh yeah, oh anything that's, made more sense. So than the dog that's match. you know like yeah. but but at the, to that point though. You know, if they could, if they could have done something as simple as that, I would have bought more into the dog collar match. So that's, I think that's essentially what I'm saying is, I bought more into this. I was more emotionally invested and bought into this more than I bought into the dog collar match. Okay. And why okay. I would say this match was better than the dog collar match simply because it was like, eh. okay. Um, I agree that you know, as I just said, Archer's unfortunately, you know, took the short end of this in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Eddie Kingston thing. I didn't mind it, but it's one of those things where even, you know, sometimes it's, it's good to know that things are coming because as, as a viewer, as a wrestling fan, you, you want the payoff to know like, Oh yeah, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And then it happens for me. That wasn't really one of those things. It's, it's kind of like you guys, it's kind of like, Oh, this is what's going to happen. And then it does. And like you said, then it even takes away further from everything that just happened mm-hmm. with the Archer but, matches. But, but the, at the same time, though, the, the whole thing with Eddie Kingston, it's like for me, even though I know why they did it, it was because Lance Archer had the COVID-19. So they yeah. threw Eddie Kingston in to have that match. And yeah. then when Archer got better, then that's why they had the match today. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, at yeah. the same time, though, them going back to Kingston, all because he didn't never tapped out, and then going back to that, for me, uh, this is where AEW fails. Is because they did it before. They did Archer. Now they're going back again. It's like, wait a minute, what? To the well too often. I mean, if they if they have a badass I quit match, I can get behind it. But you got a couple of yeah, you got a couple of weeks though before you pay per view to fucking build this up to their story because a lot of, a lot of people know the background between Moxley and. Eddie Kingston, that they were really good friends and they came up together. Yeah. You got to get footage and show us those fucking tapes and stuff like well, they that. They still have you know? yeah. a week, so they still have four yeah, weeks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
and this, this is hold on this is what yeah. worked for me okay was this is we've burnt lance archer no matter how all the promos that come on they've just burnt him he's he's yeah he's i don't know if he can be salvaged eddie kingston only because and this is a lot of aew fans they follow the indies a lot so you mm -hmm. know yeah he eddie kingston's an indie rific dude but he's a big indie rific dude you know if this was going into the wwe it wouldn't make it he'd have no chance right but on this level and this stage he is a dangerous component compared to Lance Archer because Lance Archer, we've turned him into a big joke. Okay. Yeah. Eddie Kingston has the street cred background, indie cred, and we haven't burnt him yet. <laughs> I say yet because <laughs> AEW probably will, but that's why it, I find the danger of it a little cooler. It, it added a more touch. Well, I, I think they used Eddie Kingston a lot better than they used Lance Archer. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Totally yeah. agree. I, I agree with that, but the one thing, and, and maybe this is, uh, and I see where WWE does this better, and it makes mm -hmm. more sense to me, is, and, and I'm sure, and Raven, maybe I can speak for both of us, I am not as familiar with the history of mm -hmm. Eddie Kingston yes, and, that's and John Moxley. So like WWE does, you know, when you pull in somebody like a, like a Shinsuke Nakamura and an AJ Styles who've had this history, mm -hmm. It, that's why they're not automatically put together is because so many of the fan base don't have that story. So WWE creates their own story, their own stuff, right. gives you reason yeah. to get behind that. Now mm -hmm. we can start pulling in, oh, but then they had this time in Japan and they had this and this and this. So now you're hitting this, you're firing on all cylinders getting in. For mm -hmm. them, and again, maybe because I'm not the target demographic, but you know, I, I agree with what you guys are saying and that already to me, without knowing the, the, the background, is that Eddie Kingston's been put in a better position in a better light than, than Lance Archer has. But to me, I don't think you should be depending on, well, we know all their history. As I think it was Rick just said, like, yeah. unless you're going to get a video, unless you're going to show me so I can have more yeah. background and inform myself then they should be, you know, if they've got the four weeks, they should be creating more history, more moments, AEW moments with these mm -hmm. guys. And then let's draw in from the history and add that, you know, adding more layers to the story that way than just, oh yeah, well, they have history. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. but hopefully and, they and, can and, build it. Hopefully they can build it. Go ahead, Rick. Yeah, and have Eddie Kingston do a couple of singles matches. Yeah. Have him choke some fucking people out because yeah. it looks like they're leaning towards an I quit match. If you're going to do that, have him beat somebody with the choke and choke them out and mm -hmm. clean in the mat in a match. Do a squash Absolutely. match. Absolutely. Put that blonde dude that gets his ass kicked every fucking couple of months. Like, like put them out there, let them get choked out, and then show, okay, this guy should be taken seriously in a submission match. Yeah, but and the only problem here is is the first time they met, Moxley choked him out legit. Yeah. No, it's so true. So where do you go from but, there? How do you make another thing if he's already got a clean choke out on him? Because the thing is, with when it comes to like MMA and stuff like that, when you tap out, it's mm -hmm. so much more than you passing out, right? You get respect yep. if you pass yep. out. Yeah. When you tap mm -hmm. out, you fuck. It's like you bitched out. You know, you gave up. <laughs> you you decided to give up. You didn't mm -hmm. try to fight your way out. So that's the way I look at it. So he and he's gonna get a lot of respect for that because yep. he, like Austin, Austin was shot to the moon. Because mm -hmm. he didn't tap out, right? That's yep, what right. everybody talks about. Bret Hart won. Best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. But we're talking about Austin because he didn't fucking tap out. That shot him to the moon, and it was fucking genius on his part. 
and as a and as a heel, I think that gives him the the extra leeway too to yeah. be like, I didn't tap out, I didn't tap out, you know, okay, you know, whatever they said you want, I didn't tap out, you didn't beat me, you know, as a as a heel, as long as you're justified and you believe that, that's good enough. That should be good enough. Okay. Yeah, and I think okay. also with Eddie Kingston is just the simple fact that if they're gonna go with this storyline, I think mm-hmm. they gotta. Dude, I, first of all, I, I agree with Rick that, he, that you got to show him in some matches choking people out like mm-hmm. nobody's business, but also have him do some promo work too because that's where he excels. And yeah. I guarantee he can really push this feud with his promos more than he does with his uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, wrestling match. Yeah, and sadly, you know where they're doing this? Sadly, they've been doing this on dark, which none of us get which to see. Which is sad because that's yeah. not a place to yeah. do it. Yeah, See, and the other thing, and maybe they're doing this on dark, and because again, just like all of you, I don't watch it. But if yeah. they were gonna, do, if they were gonna follow <laughs> this and do it for the next month, where they're gonna have, you know, if they if they use Kingston to have you know choking guys out, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want him doing it where he's choking guys out. I would want him choking him. The match is over. I would want him not letting go until he has got the ref, got Will Pent or somebody come over with the microphone, make yeah. this guy say, "I quit." Yeah. yeah. This week you're John Moxley. Say, "I quit." I quit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be some really cooler stuff, I got to say. And, but, and I wanna, Kingston is vicious. Like I, I want to he... throw something out there, though, since we're talking about Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. If they're going to go ahead with this feud with Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, should they really – should Eddie Kingston really have his people with him, the Butcher and the Blade, Phoenix and Ray – I'm Phoenix and Ray – Phoenix and, and uh, Penta? Penta, yes. Or should he be by himself? No, gang mentality because he's a coward yeah. at heart. Because mm-hmm. he's a coward at heart. Yeah. And that and again, that just adds a layer of having those guys around. Because then, if they do, mm-hmm. to me at this point, if they do anything else, then I don't, I don't want to see any more like you know with the the Archer Moxley Schmossball. I'd rather see him okay yeah. hit Butcher in the blade, you know, hit Penta, hit Phoenix, work your way just one on one. You just work your way through, get back up to back up to uh, to Moxley and and Eddie. Okay. Well, I got to say this. Rick made a very good point. They had better show us that these guys had some kind of relationship. Because if not, this is what WWE's women always do. We were best friends, and you never even fucking seen them. They weren't even on the roster together. Oh, Candice LeRae was my best friend, and now she's turned on me. And it's like, that's it. They never show anything, and you're just supposed to go, oh, every woman and every woman wrestler has a best friend who betrays them on WWE. I would it's like okay. to see them show Eddie and Moxley have a thing and go, we were best friends. And then Chuck and Trent go, hey, that's our gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> or they show or, a match where they hugged each other, and the camera went back and Give the people what they want. Weenies. <laughs> Weenies. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, guys, last thing we're going to say about wrapping this up here. We're gonna a- I'm going to ask each one of you really quickly what you thought the quality of this show was overall and rate it on a report card from A to F. Andy, start us off. B overall, plus. the anniversary show. B How plus. Much? B plus. B plus. So you thought it was an okay show, not too bad? Yeah, because I think one of the last week or the last two weeks, wherever that I've been doing these shows, I've kind of been like the B, the B minus. Yeah. And because I had a little bit more and, you know, I bought into this show a bit more, that's why I'll give it the B plus. Okay, Rick. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with a C minus. C minus. Did not uh, yeah. like the show much. I did not like the show at all, no. Okay, Tony. You know, for their one hundred or the one year anniversary. <laughs> Sorry, I fucked everyone up with that one. Sorry, Walker. Um, but the one year anniversary, I wanted it a lot more. I really mm-hmm. did, and I didn't get that today. It so was I lacking. Okay, what would you give it? A C. C. Okay, Raven. 
I'll give it a B as a first time really watching it and taking it in. I'll give it a B. Okay. Elio? I'm going to give it a C because, again, it didn't feel like a one-year anniversary show. It felt like just okay. another episode of Dynamite. And I'm going to give it a C, too, because I thought I was let down. What should It had the potential to be so much more. It should have been mm-hmm. as an anniversary show, and it definitely wasn't. And I want to apologize, too. All day I've been saying shit like, oh, we're, today's our 200th show. It's our 300th show. My wife's <laughs> like, what are you talking about 300th show? No, 365 days in a year. Wait, it is our... <laughs> I screwed everybody up for talking about numbers and shit. It's our 24 7, 365, 7 11 uh, European episode. <laughs> With a little uh, so, you know what, folks? Uh, we, we've had a great time talking. I want to thank you guys, first of all. I want to thank uh, Rick and Tony. Thanks, guys. Hold on, we've on one thing. Oh, oh, what's that? We forgot to go over the book. Oh, go over the book. Shame. Yeah. Do you guys want to do that really quick? Go over the book? Yeah, yeah. we can do that. All I right. Think there's Let's a go. new entry in here. You got a new <laughs> entry? That's why. Uh, you know, oh, okay. What's the new entry? entry? Well, no, okay. wait a minute. Time out. Hold the phone. What? Yeah. Throw the flag. Okay. Football term. <laughs> you know, Thanks. Football term. I just had to make sure you guys. Yellow, yellow card. Soccer slash stampede wrestling term. Stampede wrestling. Penalty in the box. Hockey. You know, Elio thinks he's a slick dude. You, you know, you son of a bitch. You. <laughs> Quiet. I, I just want to. I just want to thank Tony for sticking up for me. I'm not sticking up for you, but you, <laughs> you were quiet as hell. Which you know, you, you, you're the producer of the show and and, and the editor. If people don't know that, and then this son of a bitch, you try to do a go home on. A, and he got no. Wait a minute. We need to do the fucking book. My like, God. Damn. Well, I'm curious though. I'm curious. Kind of like the you? Jay and Silent Bob, hey. So he's kind of like the Silent Bob of the show. Yeah, he just jumps on every now and then and says yeah, something devastating. Exactly. All right, Elio, you you have something for the book? I have a new entry. Okay, let's see. Okay, because every time we have Tony and Rick on the show, mm-hmm. I always have to send out invites. So you know what happens when you don't when you don't remember your login information. <laughs> Or you and you want ask me to send you an invite. Tony Diaz, you just made the book. What the fuck? <laughs> and it's great to point out that this is Tony's room that he needs an invite. Okay. <laughs> In his own room. <laughs> He's a vampire. That is outstanding. He's oh a vampire. <laughs> Cats out the bag. <laughs> I will say this because we didn't. I didn't get a chance to say it. I yeah. do own the show. I am the president. If nobody didn't realize it, you're like the Vince McMahon. Wait, all this time? All it this was time. you, Tony. It was you all along. I I have our. You know, I, I make sure that the show gets spread out on all these platforms and this and that. I do a lot of work mm-hmm. for the show, and I will say this for TJ, Elio, and Andy too. And I can't forget about Raven, but. Doing the global show, you know, between myself and Rick, we were really stuck in a rut because there was so many other wrestling out there that we just really couldn't cover. And that's when we came up with the global show. And I will say this for for Tom or TJ, sorry, um, you really did step up to the plate and you did a lot for global. You even did, you know, for us, too. And just your loyalty, I will always commend you for because you could have easily left many times when magic mike 
Yeah, like Magic Mike. You know, when, four viewers. No, fast. When when it was a stressful situation, you know, because there was there, we had a lot of ups and downs, yeah. and you still stuck around, and you understood basically, you know, because I've been doing this since '95. You know, a lot of production work, a lot of, you know, you know, because wrestling was my passion. So I always wanted to make sure editing was good. Video product was good. Every, all this, you know, announcing, you know, throughout my whole wrestling career. That's all I did is I would always coach wrestlers. I I coached commentators. I coached uh, ring announcers, you know, best way to say things, this and that. And that's all we was always trying to do. And, you you know, you took it with a grain of salt. And you just went with it and you, you know, you've improved a great deal with the show. You stuck with us. You brought in awesome people to join and Elio too, you know, just coming into the show, stepping in when somebody had to step out and just filling in whenever you can. The man watches more wrestling probably than all of us combined and is a wizard when it comes to wrestling. So for your 100th episode, I do thank you and congratulate all of you. Andy, you are the man. You are the uh, man. You come in. I am a man. You, 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 do, <laughs> you do. You know, you do this show with these guys. You tolerate all these guys as nonsense, and and you know, I I, I do appreciate it too. Oh, and Raven you. too. You, you my homegirl. You my whole man. Uh, <laughs> part of the whoa man. You're part. You're whoa. part of the family now. But you know, I also you know really appreciate you, appreciate you jumping in too to deal with. The other two people, three people that I have. Balance, balance things out a little bit. The balance of you, know, you know, I, I just got to say something because Tony mm-hmm. says something very interesting that just really stood out to me. You're the fucking Wrestling POV podcast president? Yes. <laughs> so when it came to cutting my checks and I was getting less than Miguel fucking Cole, oh my goodness, he's about to go close the show. Hurry up, close the show before he goes and has a heart attack again. <laughs> Are we, to, are we gonna have to put Tony Diaz plus one? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You know what? It's not fair. It's not right. It's not right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Cut the checks. You mean he's getting paid to do this show? Wait, there's pay. Hey. <laughs> Damn. Miguel's gonna get get it on every end now. No, no. I'm not talking about Miguel getting paid. I'm talking about Rick Serrano getting paid. Elio, cut the audio. <laughs> cut the cut the show. <laughs> well, you know what, guys. It has been fun. A hundred episodes. We've been here for a while now and it's been great. And it's been fun working with you guys. We have all these different kinds of shows, folks. And you'll see is if you watch, if you watch global, check out uh, POV if you haven't seen it. It's, it's a different beast, but the same kind of family fun and the same kind of stuff we do together. And it's great. Um, I remember in the beginning, I struggled hard to try and keep myself focused on this. And uh, I missed out on a lot of stuff. I noticed for the last three months, I have watched, listened to every single Wrestling POV episode when it comes out. Listen through it all and have fun and enjoy it and take it all in and see. I love it. It's all our different point of views. We all got a different thing. We're not saying we're, we, we know the shit. We're not saying this is the way shit should be. What we're saying is from where we come from, this is how we see it. And that's awesome because I don't care who you are, whatever fan you are, you're going to tune in and one of us, is going to have the same perspective of you. And one of us, another person, is going to give you a new perspective. And maybe another one of us will let you think of something you may never thought about. And that's mm-hmm. what makes wrestling great. That's what makes these shows fun. It's coming mm-hmm. on and hearing shit. Every single time I do a show with any of these guys, I learn something that I didn't know about wrestling going in. And I knew a shit ton of wrestling going in. So that, for me, is important. It's why I want to be on the show all the time. And why? Yeah, we have that loyalty because these guys are my brothers. And folks, we have and a, sister. We and have sister. 100th, 100th episode. Sister. 
Acknowledge. <laughs> you know I love you, Raven. I bought all your tapes. Anyhow. Uh, Wait, what? Look. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Um, Books on tape. This may be a hundredth episode, but we have got hundreds more to come, and we have a lot more down the road. All of us are planning some real important stuff that you guys are going to get some of the best wrestling and some of the best interesting stuff around. So just keep tuned into all of this. We're not going to do the book today because that was a joke. We we kept throwing guys in the book. Uh, Chief Atacula couldn't make it on. He was going to put Rick in the book for uh, dissing Barry Windham and not knowing that Blackjack Mulligan was his dad and claiming to be a wrestling fan. So he was going to go in the book for three times. Wow. <laughs> so you all planned this ahead yeah, of time. And, and Elio hey, was nice. Elio was it's nice, all the work. Yeah. And when Elio was nice, because when we suggested putting Tony in, his original thing was, well, you know what? This used to kind of irk me is the fact that Tony would always be like, don't chew anything, don't cough or move papers around, but he'll work <laughs> every 30 seconds on his show. So, <laughs> But that was my stick, though. <laughs> the chewing was his. I don't know. <laughs> so, folks, you know, we've had a great time tonight. The COVID's still on. Keep clean, keep safe, watch wrestling, support it. No matter what kind of wrestling, it's all great and fun. Don't be a WWE fanboy. Don't be an AEW fanboy. Don't be a snobby New Japan fanboy. Watch it all and you will get something out of each and every show. So we want to thank you guys for tuning in our 100th episode. This was a bit of a long one, but it was a fun one. Thank everybody who was on. Buy Raven's tapes if she ever see any floating out there. She's a great wrestler. First CNWA Women's Champion. I don't know if I ever mentioned that. Good job, Raven. So, anyways, folks, have a great night. And Elio, as I always say, thank you. And to the next week. <laughs>